Welcome to the probably most mediocre show of my career, and where I interview people in my life. This is called One Note Interviews, so this is, you know, people who are interesting in my life, and I find them totally cool. This person, I've known for about four years, but I never really got to know them until fairly recently. She's given me a lot of weird looks, and I appreciate it. There's going to be a lot of, imagine if you will, that imagine that you're actually seeing this instead of just hearing this my audience of one myself <laughs> so welcome to the show show josie well hello not welcome uh, you're welcoming me thank you yeah you are welcome in my home which is where we are thank you yeah so um why do you think i called you here um i I know you think of me as an interesting person, and I appreciate that, because I like to think of myself as an interesting person. I mean, I did say that in the intro. That was part of it, so... You really... <laughs> you did. Yes, you did. I did. I did. That's that. Thank you. I'm glad you are... You're a good listener. There's going to be a pop quiz at the end. Oh, good. Yeah. Everyone's favorite overplayed joke about, like, something that you're learning is like, oh, there's a pop quiz when there's not a pop quiz. It's cool. It's like, I've only taken like two pop quizzes my entire life, but like I've been threatened at least 507 times. You know? AP classes for the win. Right. I've never taken an AP class. <laughs> that's surprising. Right? That's that's a revelation that you've never taken an AP class. Well, I've taken like pre-AP and like honors and whatever, but never like officially an AP class. I know, right? That's 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 very surprising. Thank you. So, yeah, um First question, I think, I actually, this is a impromptu ever so slightly. Why are you always late? Um, I wonder that same thing myself, you know? Um, there, there's, I looked it up one time because I was like, why, the, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, totally. Okay, because it's going to happen. I was like, why the heck am I going to be, <laughs> why, wait. Heck, everyone's favorite curse word. Yes. You may hold it. Okay. Um, yeah, because this is going to be a long answer. Okay, I was, one day. I was sitting there not too long ago. I was like, why am I always late everywhere? Why am I always tired? What is, like, what is happening? Why am I the way I am? And because in my personality, lo and behold, little do people know that I am internally a very punctual person, like, with things that I can control. And, like, I'm very always concerned about things being on time and, like, me being on time and it, like, most most things like showing up to school late whatever but do i feel bad about it yes but whatever don't have to worry about that anymore probably hopefully um anyway so i was sitting there one day and i was like i just you know googled the fine resource that google is i was like why why am i always so tired why am i always so late and it was like there's this like thing called chronic fatigue disorder or something and it's like I think this is a disease it might be a real thing maybe and it's like there's no the symptoms are being tired all the freaking time surprise um right and it's like you can't really cure this sleep more that's all and I was like maybe this is a thing that I'm affected by but also maybe I'm just freaking tired all the time and maybe I just have like literally no internal clock and when I was lifeguarding actually with our good bud Alexa I like developed like a really good internal clock like I could tell you when a minute was I could tell you when like five minutes was because we'd have to rotate and everything on like certain minute fragments 
And so I was actually, I got better during like that time of my life. And like when things are new, I'm really good about being on time. Like I was like an hour early to my Webster orientation. <laughs> and I've, I've been like, that's a thing. So you get either like, and I was like half an hour early to my first day of work at like my new job. And I was like, this is the only time this is ever gonna happen. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's a good question. I'm working on it. I wish I could change that about myself. Um, thank you. I think the proper response is you're welcome. And I appreciate you being able to hold the mic because I am tired. Um, so since I've met you, you've always been like very performative. You've always had an interest in performing, whether it's in our school district's choir. I'm going to keep that a little vague. Maybe we'll just call you Josie. Um, in our school district's choir or, you know, you're, you were theater president, despite what anyone else says. And you did a lot of performing starting with, cause also my humble audience, you did not get to experience her grad party where it felt like you experienced all moments of Josie Phillips life at once. It was like, if you ever read slaughterhouse five, where he exists in the fifth dimension where he sees all points of his life, he's constantly being born and dying. And it felt like you just saw every point of Josie Phillips performance career. She had videos where she was performing a lot. I didn't really understand it, but I want to know what got you started on this kick. Cause people made it seem like you are not, you want to do this and not your parents are forcing you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. That was all courtesy of my mother. She's my biggest fan and will eternally be my biggest fan of all things, but especially of things where I am performing a la theater arts. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I started when I was a kid. I did like camps and things because what kid doesn't do summer camps? I didn't. Well, I, well... <laughs> <laughs> Stop you, Dad. <laughs> Dang it. Um, most kids do summer camps. <laughs> so I was one of them. And I was like, oh, this is cute. This is fun. Like, I do this this theater cute thing. Let's do that. And um, I... Um, there are coins under here. That's crazy. Um, sorry. My dad doesn't clean around here. That's okay. Neither does mine. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so I did camps and things. <laughs> When did you start doing I'm camps? the worst person to interview. Um, uh, I, I'd say Probably, best. thank you. Probably when I was seven or eight. Seven or eight, okay. I'm probably definitely going to count most things in my life to starting at ages seven or eight. But it was a pivotal point in my life, you know? Mm. Um, you know? What camp did you start with I age seven or I, eight? <laughs> <laughs> I started at the, like, the city center, cultural arts center of undisclosed town i mean you can say all right cool we live in missouri of this you know good metropolis in (laughs) missouri because um my mother works for said city worked for works she still does but uh, you know if you get any fans in the future (laughs) um, (laughs) i don't know (laughs) well she still works in the city you never know you never you never know it could so she did, and I started camps there because she got them at free cost, I think. I don't know. Whatever. And I was like, this is cute. I'll keep doing this. And then I started voice lessons there because my mom was like, you like to sing. You need to do something because you're bad at sports. So, 
and I did, and that was like my last year playing soccer. So. Good way to bully your child by saying, hey, you're better at something else. Please don't do the thing you suck at. That's exactly what happened. And the rest is history. The, the rest is history, as in, you know, just nothing else interesting. You were age seven or eight, and then you performed in various camps. Let's, okay. I don't think anything interesting happened at ages nine, 10, or 11. Did not, okay. So, starting at around age 12, you were part of a show choir, which I got to witness the glory and the horrific events all encapsulated into about what felt like 45 minutes of video, and I'm sure your mom loved it. But, yeah, you were in a show choir when you were 12? Yes, I sure was. Um, I think it was I lied it was like 11 to 12 I think the years that I was in there everything's not specific you're <laughs> just never gonna specify <laughs> what age you were I really it's all a blur you know I, like I might have been like drunk my entire childhood <laughs> I don't know I drink a lot of water mm -hmm. um yeah so I was in a show choir it was with the St. Peter's thing that I took voice oh I just disclosed the town that's okay whatever There's multiple St. <laughs> there are <laughs> Um, so yeah, I took voice lessons there. I did like the little theater camps there. And then my voice teacher, who is like the best person I think I will ever meet. He's amazing. Um, he was like, I'm going to start a show choir here because he did a lot with the Pat Holtzingers who were like big, they had their big blow up in like nineties, early two thousands, I think, whatever. Um, I think they're definitely still a thing, but yeah, so he did a lot with like the OG Pat Holt and he was like, I want to start a show choir here. And so he did. And he took a bunch of his students, all like 11 of us. And, um, we, we did that and it was actually kind of a big deal for a while. We were like the little version of this like older group that they had. And the, the older group was like the pristine, the top notch of metropolis of this small town. And it's not a small town, but. Missouri. This averagely sized uh, this, town. This averagely sized town, correct. Um, yeah, and it was a really fun time. I met at least one person that I'm still friends with. I follow the rest of them on like Instagram and things. But um, yeah, that was a really enjoyable time in my life. I definitely still put it on resumes and things, um, make myself look more global. But yeah, does that answer the question? It's, I, I, I would say so. Thank you. Let's, let's diverge a little bit. You mentioned Instagram. I think I'm obsessed with Instagram, most probably a little bit yours, because it's a little bit fascinating. This might just bring out the fact that I'm a little bit of a stalker, and not like in a bad way, because again, I politely asked you to show up to my house. I didn't force you here. But you don't post frequently. There's lots of people who post very, very frequently, and myself included. I've tried to stop myself because I think. Also, this is another divergent point, tangent, put a pin in the Instagram that you inspire people and not like in a weird way. You just like, there's lots of people that you and I hate and love in our lives, just collectively that we both agree on. Mm -hmm. And those people that we love and hate, sometimes even simultaneously, will mention that like, oh my gosh, I really, ugh, Josie does this thing and I just really want to be more like her which I agree with and I but I'm also it feels weird to idolize someone who is 18 who's not like I don't know starring in 
gem and the holograms, whatever's cool now. But yeah, how do you think you describe your social media presence as a 18 year old who people out of the blue and who almost stalkerishly say, I want to be more like Josie Phillips, Josie, strike that from the record. Maybe that's, maybe that might be your last name. Who knows? I got it wrong. Um, (laughs) I'm flattered by those comments. Um, also I'm not 18 yet. I know shocker, right? I know I'm like massive. Everybody thinks I'm older than I am. I was going to say like an age, but I was like, I don't want (laughs) to, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yet will be soon 18. Um, question-wise. <laughs> okay, so I am flattered by anybody, the idea that anybody looks up to me or aspires to be anything like me. I mean, obviously, I would hope everybody is always working to improve themselves, at least a little bit, and I myself am no, um, what's the saying? Like, I'm no stranger to that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes. right. So, um, I'm no spring chicken. I'm no that. spring <laughs> chicken. <laughs> I am also not a spring chicken. Um, <laughs> Um, yes. So I, I, yes, social media has been definitely a thing in my life for a long time. Like when I was younger, I'm going to revisit the Instagram pin, mm-hmm. even though you like put it away, but like, I think Absolutely. I'm going to encapsule all answers into this one statement. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was younger, I made an Instagram at like age 10 or 11, <laughs> still going to be vague about that. Um, and I did it without my parents knowing because I was a rebel child and I posted like three times a day. Like I felt bad if I didn't post three times a day, but I was also the kind of kid who like followed 97 One Direction fan pages. I briefly, I had a Finsta before it was cool when I was like 12, I think. I made one. It was called, they were just called spam accounts then. So, and then they were popular and now everybody and their mother has them, but I mean, I'm I'm still a fan of spam accounts because they give me a good chuckle, but... They're always good. Spam accounts are very important, especially as a way to just check in with how your friends are feeling or whatever. Precisely. I could not agree more. <laughs> so, I yes, so I post, like, all the time, literally all the time. And so my parents found out I had an Instagram. They, like, locked me. They were like, no, you were grounded for a long time. I was actually grounded for, like, a long time. I had a flip phone for a long time. It was, like, a summer but uh, still, it was a long time. Now I know how to text really fast on a flip phone. The more you know. Um, yeah, so the Instagram like itself was still there. And um, so years later, I think I was a freshman in high school, they were like, you can have it back because you play basketball. And for some reason, that's important that you have social media. Don't ask me why. I also got a Twitter then. And so I re-logged back into the Instagram and I went through and I deleted like every single picture on there. It was so many pictures, like thousands of pictures. Um, and then I refiled a bunch of people. I posted one picture and then I was like, I'm not going to be annoying. Well, I was busy and stuff. So, you know, I didn't post like all the time. And so, yeah, I try to post sometimes, you know, it fluctuates. If I feel like something happened, it's kind of my Instagram page right now is kind of turning into a spam account. Cause I always post like moody captions or like i'm saying something that it's it's trying to like dig at someone that's been at least the last like four instagram posts at five or six i would say actually (laughs) and so you know they've been more frequent um i like to show cool things off to the world 
And so if it's a cool picture of myself, then I'm going to do that. Um, but also in the realms of social media, like I said, I got a Twitter my freshman year and I didn't really use it. I just, you know, retweeted like plastic Barbie things. And no, that was, that was Tumblr forever ago. You remember plastic Barbie? I was not a plastic Barbie person. I don't even know. I mean, I know what Barbies are, but I know they're plastic. Does that mean, are they different? No, it was this account called plastic Barbie on Tumblr. And the girl who ran it was like a big bully. And so everybody would like, I don't know. So anyway, but on Twitter, I, I have a Tumblr. I think I have like three of them. I forgot the password to all of them. So if anybody finds it and hack it and let me know what's on there. Um, <laughs> but this has been like at least an hour so far. <laughs> I mean, Twitter. 16 minutes feels like an hour. It I, You felt like that at my grad party. So that's okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, Yes. So Twitter is a nice platform, especially now, to share political points and views because this country is run on Twitter now, currently, and the state that it is in. So I have taken full advantage of that. And I don't generally tweet a lot of my own original thoughts, but I retweet a lot of endorsements that I'm like, hey, this per- look at what this person has to say because that's important. And so I'm positive that I've lost a lot of followers from it, but that's okay because I didn't need them anyway. Um, yeah. And so I use it as, I'd use Twitter as a platform to boost my views and opinions, but also like, I don't want to say like work related things, but like study related things, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I, I'm more (laughs) in the, least informal way possible professional person on Twitter but also not at all but you know what I'm saying compared to like Instagram or Facebook also I barely use Facebook ever I think Facebook has died Facebook has definitely died yeah it's a nice way to for like older folks yeah sorry Mark Zuckerberg you just kind of you put a wrench in that one um yikes your platform is dying but it was good, great while it lasted, some might say. Um, Snapchat, I don't really count. I guess Snapchat does count as social media, definitely. I view it as more of social interaction. I am obsessed with the news feature that Snapchat has. Yes. I'm a frequent user, viewer, interactor of news platforms. I kind of hate that they have, like, people... Or like the Washington Post. I, I hate the Washington Post so much. It's that's mm, anyway. I will describe that because I I would describe myself as a political person, and I definitely care about journalism. Not that you were interviewing me, but like, what is wrong with the Washington Post? Thank you for that question. <laughs> um, the Washington Post is the perfect example of publicizing things that have no need to be publicized, like. Kim Kardashian and her child on a beach walk and they use like 17 pictures of a five second time period and they caption it with things like oh Kim was feeling excited when she was taking her child to the beach Kim and her child love the beach wow and then that's the entirety of their newsfeed and i just looked at a 45 minute long story of you telling me about how kim k and her child went to the beach last monday thank you really needed to know that or they 
twist things, you know, like all the good... What are the magazines? Well, yeah, yeah, fake news. Tabloids, thank you. Tabloids. Yes. Tabloids are the worst. Um, I mean, they're great, but they're also the worst. Yeah. Um, I think... I think every one of our moms, whether that you know it or not, at least reads like people every once in a while. So, you know. Yes. Especially like at the hair salon or something. Um, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, no. The Washington Post and others, there are a lot of others out there that I am not mentioning now, but they could use their platform and their following for so many better things instead of wasting their journalists. Journalists. Yes, time. Yeah, like, they're journalists' time with, yeah, they're wasting their staff's time by making them produce these things, and then people get a bad idea of journalism, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, journalism is just stupid paparazzi, blah, blah, blah. And, like, also, paparazzi, you need to chill. Um, I respect what you're doing. Um, And sometimes it's important, but most of the time it's not. (laughs) Um... (laughs) <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's um, really fine. Uh, yeah. Killed Princess Diana. It, it killed Princess Diana, the paparazzi. Yeah, you ain't even know how obsessed I was with Princess Diana. Like, ask me how many reports I did over Princess Diana, and the answer is every single one of them. Um, I am in love with that woman. I am in love with everything about her. Um, and I think she is one of the most important figures. Would compare her to, like... Joan of Arc or the Pope. Um, yeah. Just whoever is the Pope currently. Yes. The Pope. The Pope. The one. The only. Um, yes. So I hate that journalism gets a bad rep because I know we are both avid journalism enthusiasts. But yeah, shout out to social media for using it in a lot of positive ways. You rock, and the eleven-year-olds don't appreciate you, but I do. Thanks. <laughs> I just want to say we have reached twenty-two minutes, and I love how many things we have already talked about in such short a time. Bert, going back to the journalism, I'm going to be hundred percent honest. So, while preparing for this inaugural episode, I didn't. So. I was like, I'm going to write a bunch of questions last night, and then I fell asleep, and then I was like, I just can't get up this morning, so I was almost late for work. But then you were late to showing up, which was perfect, so I got about about a page and a half of really good questions, actually like basically two pages of stuff that I can talk to you about. But also, I was also like, I'm going to read Josephine's article that she published in Webster's thing whatever they call it because the webster journal and i read i really like your intro thank you that was yeah you learned from miss demeter clearly (laughs) 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 but i yeah since i didn't talk about it know what it really i know it's about and i get the gist because i you know it's not that long and hey it's good i'm on it is a good article but talk about that and talk about your aspirations if you have any towards that because also you know you were in your book for two years right mm-hmm. just i'm gonna let you guys on a preview that she didn't like it but here she goes right so i'm gonna quickly answer about the yearbook thing so i 
I did not like your book. I loved it. I loved it a whole lot. And I was really able to like build my journalism skills is what ignited like my, not ignited, but it's what fueled my love for journalism and my intent to pursue it in life. Yeah, I'm studying journalism, but I quit your book, Journalism Staff, my senior year of high school because of the dynamic and tensions with the the like advisor um but in reality she's a very nice gal and I still talk to her a lot and it was really tensions between me and like the rest of the people on staff that year and so but I didn't realize at a time and so I'm kind of sad that I quit but also it was really stressful (laughs) and I wasn't able I wouldn't have been able to balance that my last year um of high school and so yes um it was a very good time also bad time do journalism kids um anyway back to the article (laughs) yes i was elated that i got the opportunity to do this article um i wish i should like no i shouldn't i don't know someone i'm gonna show the original to someone because i saved the original copy of it that like i just wrote and it was just me splurring my thoughts down and it was so much more like personalized and kind of took a lot more jabs um at some things but then also i like the edited version of it also is i'm very proud of still um but you know you got to edit things down a lot but yeah i'm really proud of what i said there and then like that i got the opportunity to like even use that platform to say that and yeah, the all of 200 people that read the Webster Journal. Maybe there's more than that. I don't know. I guess we'll find out soon. But um. <laughs> soon being that she is possibly going off to Webster University. Who knows? We're going to keep it vague. We're going to keep it vague. <laughs> I may or may not be working on the journal staff next year. We'll see. <laughs> but... Yeah, I totally have forgotten your original question by now, but, um, yeah, I'm really glad that I got to use that platform, and then, yes, I boosted that through Twitter, like, referring to my earlier explanation of my Twitter presence. Yeah. Yes. That's totally fine that you missed the question, because it was also, like, a really long question, but what is it about? (laughs) (laughs) I hope the microphone just picked up the laughs right there because, yep, um, it's an article. It's an opinion piece. It was originally entitled Youth Retaliation Against Gun Laws, colon, an open letter to the American government. Um, and it was about, like, the very, like, when the March for Our Lives movement was literally, like, a tiny little chickpea sized seed in the making um and yeah and it was all about gun reform and how since the american government wouldn't step up that the youth was on the rise and i was correct and i knew it was going to happen that like the whole march for our lives movement blew up and all those kids gained so much power and so much social standing and a lot has happened since then not enough but you know a lot (laughs) um and a lot, a, lot of, a lot of visibility. A lot of visibility, which was is amazing. And I'm so happy about that. And I wish I could be involved in the movement more. 
Um, but that was kind of my, to anyone who reads it, hey, I stand with this movement. And it was kind of, it was very, it wasn't vulgar, but it was kind of like, I don't, I don't know a better word. It was like harsh. It wasn't vulgar at all, but it was harsh. And like, if you would like to be self-congratulatory, you could say it was revolutionary. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. (laughs) But yeah, it was just meant to be kind of an open letter to the American government. And it ended up the final title was an open letter to Donald Trump. And then like the heading of the section was youth retaliation against gun laws. So that was kind of cool that she used my heading for like the whole opinion section or whatever. But um, yeah. And so it was very personal. It was kind of, I literally wrote it in like 30 minutes and I edited it for like 97 days and I had other people help me edit it. But um, it was all my original thoughts that I was just mad about this and I probably like cried writing it because I was so mad but I was just typing and typing and I was like this is stupid and this shouldn't be happening but yeah it's my opinion piece about gun laws and how they're stupid and they're wait no they're not wait they are stupid but they're not good enough that is all <laughs> understandable and thank you so you did bring up, because I'm going to be the old selfish here and be like, because before the interview happened, there was a conversation that me and Josie were having about someone who said we looked alike, which I was like, wow, that's like the biggest compliment ever, which is, you know, hey, whatever. But you mentioned something briefly where you're like, I wish you'd be part of this movement more. I totally feel that 100% because also talk about me in an interview of you i wrote an a article for the fort zumal magazine the dog dispatch which i've spent years saying that's a terrible name insert teacher here please change it and but it's fine that's totally not the topic but i wrote this whole article about being trans and how that's a really big deal and but also i've also i've only been to one pride parade i don't really I don't know. I don't not I don't talk about it so much that I'm one of those annoying queer people that you just block on social media. And but yes, we are both like I wish I could do this more. But you mentioned wanting to be part of the March for Our Lives more. This year was a very important year for that where all students were able to walk out of the school. Our school had a little trouble with that. There was some organization from some of the senior class and all of us kind of half-assed it their first swear of the episode Josie sang heck (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we half-assed it and then one English class in solidarity with themselves being all freshmen walked out and they were able to do it super simple what do you like describe that whole process of trying to be part of something but you and I are busy people, you especially, you do lots of things. And how was that? Um, yes. So there was a group chat made um, with a lot of people from another district school that were heavily organizing this movement. And I was added to it because, you know, my social media following me all high and mighty over here people know that I have a lot to say about gun reform. Um, But I was added to it and I was like, hey, 
y'all need to calm down because they were just kind of spurring ideas and they were like oh but I'm so afraid so many people were oh but what if we get in trouble what if we get in trouble like this could happen this could happen I'm like hey we're not gonna get in trouble and I tried to say some things at least one or two times saying like hey this is what you guys need to do I've like been in a similar situation to this before with like trying to go after the school about protesting and things like this you're not going to get in trouble like this if as long as you do this this and this and I didn't really know them though and I don't know if they ended up doing that or not it was actually the two days that were planned for like the big protests protests one of them I was in Nashville so I was not there on a trip um the other day there was something going on but I think I was just at school I forget but there was something going on I know there was um And there was a lot going on in my life that I was trying to balance around that time frame. So I didn't have the time to dedicate to try to organize something, even though I was like, hey, if somebody is trying to organize this, like I'm here, like, let's go. Um, But nobody really took the initiative for that, which is cool. Like nobody needed to. Um, But yeah, so there was never really like an organized thing. And I would say that's kind of a testament to the youth is that we want to do a lot of things and we have a lot to say about a lot of things and we have hearts that are like hey we care a lot about a lot of things but it's so hard to like take that first step and kind of expose yourself because that's all it is it's you're just exposing yourself to the world saying hey this is what I think and this is what I care about and that's such a hard thing to do today especially with the power of like social media with the power of people's words and their opinions and everything um so yeah I think what I would say to that is that it's really hard to get turned away or discouraged but it's really important because once one person makes the step you will have like the floodgates open behind you and everybody who supports you as long as your movement is rightful and all of that and because if you're like let's go anti-Black Lives Matter, haha, I'm gonna take this step, I hope nobody follows you, but, um, as long as your movement, you know, is just, and you think that people are gonna support you, have the courage to, like, take that step and say, hey, I'm gonna organize something, and people will be like, yeah, let's do it, and you'll, it'll all of a sudden become so easy, and I know that in my heart, and I'm, I don't want to say I don't regret not doing anything about much of our lives. Um, and like you said about Pride and stuff, I'm trying to organize being able to go to Pride this year because I couldn't last year because um, I was out of town for the St. Charles and the St. Louis one. Um, I mean, undisclosed towns in Missouri. Undisclosed towns, but don't go to the St. Charles one. Thank you. I figured as not. Um, but yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, and so I think everybody should always be working to improve their confidence in the realms of speaking up, and I definitely think that is on the rise in the United States, because the youth is getting a lot more power, like we mentioned earlier with the March for Our Lives movement spreading so rapidly. Um, I think that answers your question. Please tell me if it does not. I would say so. And I also, like, not that you took offense to it, but I did not want to make that to, like, because I didn't phrase it, at least I don't think so, like, how dare you, Josie, for not doing things. Because also, I'm a lazy piece of shit. I didn't get anything done. But also, I had a, b- a bazillion things going on in my life. 
and so did you, which is, and I didn't want to blame you. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Like I am, I'm not mad about any of it, but if I were to be mad at anyone, I would be mad at myself for not stepping up and doing things. Um, because I know like the people who were involved, the people who were in the group chat or whatever, um, I know in their hearts that they truly do care about this movement. And that's just, that's good enough for me because, you know, protest is very important, but there are some situations where it's redundant and the movement was starting to become redundant with people who did not believe the same things like that the protest was, was supporting and trying to say, getting involved and kind of turning it into a joke. And so sometimes it's better to stop while you're ahead. And so I think everybody kind of realized that too. Um, and I'm really proud of the people who did, like, you know, do everything. But yes, no, I did not take offense to any of that. That's okay, good. I lost my train of thought because I heard a dog upstairs, but that's totally cool. Um, you talk about regret. I was going to change gears, but I want to I wanna go back on this serious train. You talk about regret. As someone who's known you for a long time, vaguely over there but like got to know you ever so slightly even with this conversation okay i'm gonna get you some some preambles to explain this you were our completely random school district's president of the theater club a very important position everything that you do has always been like i care about this this is like at least in my view, it seemed like it was like your number one thing you were always like about. Choir, anybody can be a part of that. You know, like it's a little more complicated, but like you were able to get the opportunity to be part of the theater troupe and you were president. But there have been, there were trials, tribulations, hurt feelings, and a lesbian. An autobiography. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So um, I would like you to describe that because also, but not actually, yeah, because my other question that was going to lead into this that I actually realized was stupid was, would you describe yourself as a rebel? And then it says, insert dance your ass off story. So talk about how hard you worked and how I've always thought you as being like, again, I'm going to fucking talk about you more. Like, I think you're important. I'm extremely sappy. And at the Footloose cast party, your DVD copy <laughs> of Footloose 2011, which we watched, and I realized was actually really good. Thank you for letting me know. Uh, I wrote this whole thing about like, hey, regardless, you're still thespian of the year in my view. Because that's how I feel personally, and I think you're really important for that program, and you were to me. So, why do you think that? And please describe the situation that you are still clearly, you're making lots of faces that are <laughs> upset, laughing, trying to deal with it. There's a lot of things going on. Right, so brief summary of the situation of topic, topical interest. Um, I got the opportunity to be the understudy of the lead in the female lead in the play 
Footloose. It's a musical. The musical Footloose. Footloose, the musical. Um, to play the role of Ariel Moore. And it was, you know, senior show. Everything is leading up to this. Like, your whole theater career. Um, and I was like, hey, this Footloose, the movie, has been an important part of my upbringing. I watched it all the time as a kid. I loved Ariel, and I loved the songs, and I loved, like, everything about it. You know, um... And so it was really, it was an honor to be able to, like, do this and, you know, all of that. Um, and so I was like, hey, there's a really, there's <laughs> a really important part in the movie where the Ariel, Ariel, flashes the shirt that says dance your ass off. And it's very, it's like kind of like a really pivotal, not a pivotal point in the movie, but it's a really important part of the message. And so I was like, hey what if I totally low-key bought a shirt that says that, or made it, I don't know, I was open to that too, but I bought it, um, and totally wore it, and yeah, that would be pretty cool during the show, so I didn't tell anyone about it, I told the girl who was playing, like, who was not the understudy of Ariel, I was like, hey, I might do this, what do you think, and she was like, dude, freaking do it, and I was like, all right, heck yeah, and then right before the beginning of act two i was setting my costumes because i would have to do like a quick change for it um i told the stage manager who i needed to like hold on to it not the stage assistant stage manager who i needed to hold on to it she was like bet like this is the best thing ever and then obviously a bunch of people saw me like holding it and they were like i can't believe you did that like that's so amazing um and i told the lead who was playing beside me so he wouldn't be thrown off um because that was the last thing i wanted to happen um and so, yeah, and that happened. I ran backstage. I quick changed. I did that, and I freaking did it. I walked on stage with my jacket upside down, which nobody noticed, but I definitely did. Um, yeah, so that happened, and it was taken very... I thought about it. I thought about it so much before um, the that I actually did it. Um, I thought about, you know, because I know the theater director's sponsors thought of me very highly and I know a lot of people looked up to me in the program um and I thought about you know school trouble that I might get in I thought about morale trouble that I'm moral not morale moral trouble that I might get in um but I was like hey whatever it's the end of the year I've been wanting to do something big my whole high school career that kind of ends with a bang or not like leave I didn't want to like leave a legacy but I wanted to say hey doing it for the kids like let's go um that didn't make sense but whatever um, and so, yeah, and like I said earlier, the message of Footloose is something that I've grown up on and that I really resounded with, and it's kind of inspired my career of being spunky or rebellious, as one might say. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did that. I don't regret doing it at all. It was taken horribly by the school district and the theater sponsors, very unexpectedly. I did not expect it to be taken that horribly um, by them. But it's okay. I know that what I did left a mark on a lot of people, um, especially the audience. They thought it was hilarious. Thank you. Um, I was going to say thank you, lesbian, because of your title <laughs> earlier, but <laughs> that kind of sounded really harsh. And so Only lesbians see Footloose. Yeah, only. That's the only crowd dynamic that existed. Um, <laughs> yes. And so... I still have a lot of respect for people. Don't have respect for the school. I never did. Um, anyway. 
but yeah, I don't regret it at all because I know that what I did, like we said earlier in previous questions, kind of opened the floodgates for discussion. And it was actually very ironic because when the whole thing was being dealt with, with like the school and everything and, you know, trying to figure out what my punishment was going to be, it was the exact message of Footloose of like rebelling and like sticking it to the man when you have like a rightful cause and when you kind of hate the way things are, you know, doing things that stir the peace and like doing things that are standing up for what you believe in. And especially in the realms of like a school board or in Footloose, like a small town school board. Um, but yeah, and so it was kind of very ironic and a lot of people recognized that and were like, ha, that's, that's funny. And I was like, yeah. And what happened at the end of Footloose? They realized that the kid's message wasn't stupid and they changed the way they were. Um, and so that didn't quite happen, but I hope, and part of me knows that it opened the floodgates, like I said, for discussion and saying, hey, that's kind of the message of theater actually is like portraying humanity, portraying what people think, portraying what people feel and like portraying real stories. And I don't feel bad about at all about what I did because it was in the story. It was a very important part of the story, at least to me. People might not think so, but and it had no effect on anyone besides me, besides the way that people took it. Um, and yeah, I'm really happy that that happened. I think that answers your question. It does. Awesome. But continuing further with it, <laughs> <laughs> um, you talk about legacy. Like, I don't think, I think it does leave a legacy. I think it, it like, because I don't know, from what I've seen as being the person who dug up literally a bunch of VHS tapes and like saw what our school history was. You you go back to a lot of high school productions, you'll see white people doing King and I. Just thought I'd let you know. 2005. But it's cool. Um, and you'll see a lot of different things of people who are very important. There's so many names that I just have in my head of just like, this person was really important. There's like, because also, you were sergeant at arms the previous year as an officer of, of the theater club, and then you became president. I can think of four people at like just off the top of my head of just like, I know like Colby Blank and just like all these people who just were part of the theater program before you who were from literally the lowest level position that rose up to being president through their, not the you're especially boisterous, but their boisterous attitudes, their, I, I think what you did was very boisterous and very like loud in a very silent way. But there is a legacy. I think, I don't know. It's weird, because also when I wrote down the, you're, you'll be Thespian of the Year in my mind for the rest of my life, I didn't think that you wouldn't be. Like, I always, this is like, there was a lot of speculation. For people who don't know, most theater clubs and high schools have a award for best thespian or Thespian of the Year. Just one person they think over the course of the entire year and by virtue their entire four-year career of being part of the program represents the program really well and did a lot of important things and you can look back on that list in a lot of schools and you haven't been there but you would think hey these people are important they clearly did something why would the teacher recognize somebody who wasn't necessarily the best but I don't know, sometimes you go to high school and 
not that hindsight's twenty twenty when you're experiencing it, but you'll see that X, Y, or Z does not deserve to be recognized as much as other people. But also, <laughs> Martin talks about this, our choir teacher, Martin, could be his first name, who knows. He talks about how when he was in college choir, there was a person who nobody liked who was in his section, but they were a really good singer and they just didn't want to recognize them because they thought they weren't a good singer because they didn't like them. Now, what do you think about the legacy of that? Because, and if you don't mind me suggesting that you stated this exact statement that I will pull from your actual life. Thank you. Uh, let me just read it from my hand. Thank you, lesbian, for ruining my 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 high school career. Now that's not a call out post. No. My mom would call it one. <laughs> yes. So there are a few things of that statement question that I would like to point out. Um, I really like how you said, I forget it by now, but being loud in like the most quiet way or something along the lines of that, that was awesome. And I live by that. Thank you. Um, yes, that little call out post. I was very mad. Like I was so mad. That was moments after the best thespian, thespian of the year award was announced. And I had the thought, my thought process behind that was I had just worked the last four years of my life. I had worked my ass off um, to try to make, you know, the theater the best place it could be. I had done a lot of things. I had dedicated a lot of my time to it. A lot of other people, so many other people had too. Oh my God. Like, hello, my interviewer here. Freaking so much, so freaking much. And yes, if anybody deserves it, it would have been you, not the person that got it. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. And so I was very mad because I had dedicated my life to the last four, like you, four years of this program in some ways small, some ways big. Um, and like I said, a lot of other people had too, but that was an award that I really deserved that I felt, um, wait, <laughs> felt that I deserved. Um, and I've never been one to hang my head on awards and being like, hey, look at how awesome I am. But it was kind of the one thing that my entire high school career, I was like, hey, I'm, this is what I'm working for. And it was kind of like the end goal. Um, because the names go on a plaque that are like outside of the auditorium. So for everybody to see, not that anybody looks at it, but... Um, yeah, that was kind of the one thing that I was like, hey, if I'm going to hang my head on anything, I'm going to hang my head on this and say, hey, this is this is what I did. This is proof that I was important. Um, and I don't really, I don't judge myself by that. I don't say, hey, I got this award, so I'm important, blah, blah, blah. And I, I know we both think like that. But um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I forget. Oh, yeah, the post, my post, my call-out post that for sure wasn't. It was definitely a call-out post. Um, anyway, I was very mad, and I do not frequently post things like that on my social media presence, you know, like we were talking about earlier, unless it's Twitter sometimes. Um, <laughs> but I was very mad, and I still have a lot of respect for the person it was about. 
I lost a lot of respect for the person it was about in the past year. Um, But it was very... I know there were a lot of things that happened that didn't need to happen. And it's not like I was being a crybaby about it and saying, hey, this is my award, blah, blah, blah. Why didn't you... eh, I don't care that I did this one thing that made a big impact on your view of me, but I still deserve blah, blah, blah. Because when I did the incident as talked of earlier, I was like, hey, this might happen but whatever, because I don't care about a lot of things. I do care a lot about about a lot of things, but when things have an impact on me, I don't care about them a lot, but, um, in the best way. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I made that little post just to kind of tell everyone, tell everyone how I was feeling about the situation. And in the back of my mind, I knew that the person that got the award was going to see it, see my post. Um, and I still don't really care about how they think of me because I was ready to not be associated with that person for a long time because I really dislike a lot of things about that person things that they can change but they refuse to not um so but that's okay that happens it's life you know not everybody's gonna get along person you would used to consider a friend correct yeah a friend by association and I do still appreciate and admire a lot of things about this person but the negatives in my view definitely outweigh the positives and I don't wish bad on this person no not at all like they're gonna be a very successful person but I just don't wish to associate myself with them anymore and we're kind of on mutual grounds with that I believe too um but and I'm not saying they didn't deserve this award at all but it was kind of the one thing that I cared a lot about in high school um but it's okay I'm not mad about it it doesn't affect my life anymore um and I've moved on, obviously. Like, I'm ready to be done with high school, as most graduated seniors are. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a big moment in my life, and I felt that it needed to be documented so I could look back at it and say, hey, this is how mad I was about this. And of course, like we mentioned also in earlier questions, there's been like three of them, <laughs> um, that I use that anger a lot to cultivate discussion, to cultivate hey, this is what could be changed. And yeah, I hope that I didn't leave that program on a horrible note. I don't think I did in the eyes of the sponsors. I know I didn't with the kids, but um, yeah, I still have a lot of love for that program and I have a lot of appreciation for it shaping me to the person I am today. Yes. Well, like you stated, yeah, obviously, in my view, you're very, yeah, you're one of those people that still leaves an impact on that program. Switching gears completely, because I want to just, you know, avoid that. Could you please tell me, who are the two twins named Vicky and Michelle, and why are they so darn nice? I cannot put into words, actions, song, or anything, how much love I have for Vicky and Michelle. Vicky is my mother and Michelle is my second mother. She has been best friends with my mother before I was born. Um, when my sister was born actually, so like two and a half years before I was born. Um, and literally my life could not be possible. Like I might be dead long ago without Michelle. Um, that's might be an exaggeration, but whatever. Um, I, owe my life to these two ladies and surprisingly they look like sisters like identical my sister my mom has four sisters and michelle could literally fit right in like there's no 
if ands or buts about it um in personality wise and looks wise so everybody thinks i just call her my aunt my grandma sometimes but she's not that old so that seems weird to me i used to call her my grandma because she would like spoil us all the time she still does but um so i call her my aunt for like when i'm introducing her to people i say hey it's easier to say hey this is my aunt rather than this is my like family friend but she like really raised me so she's very important to me so aunt is easier to say <laughs> um they raised me i mean everybody loves their mother i hope you should love your mother if you don't you're stupid if you don't um i didn't for a long time but everybody goes to that phase in middle school but you'll grow out of it um <laughs> anyway so i literally owe my life to these two ladies they raised me and to the person i am today and i like who i am so i'm very grateful and i aspire to be more like them every single day i learn from them every day still they learn from me a lot too um yeah they care about me a whole lot and i cannot thank them enough i care about them a lot too <laughs> <laughs> lots of caring going on obviously so this is actually probably one of the biggest mysteries i think of your life you have siblings and you make it seem like, not like that you're like avoiding them. Maybe you are, I don't know. That'll probably be revealed. But you have a sister, possibly named Claire. And that's all I know. Do you have other siblings? Do you love them? What is your relationship to them? My sister is upstairs. <laughs> also, you have siblings? No. <laughs> I think we are both similar. Well, maybe I'm speaking too soon. But I am nothing like my I don't want to say I'm nothing like my sister but we look extremely different we both have freckles and that's about it we both have brown eyes but who doesn't <laughs> um, but, um yeah but we look nothing alike a lot of people don't realize we're sisters until they're like they see us together and they're like wait how do you guys know each other and we're like we're sisters and they're like what oh and so yeah we have extremely different personalities um the best way I can describe it, I love her very much, but the best way I can describe it is that she values material things and I value experiences. That's how I've always said it. And um, in the most like metaphorical way possible, quite literally, but also very metaphorically. Um, but she is a very, very kind lady. Like I said, she's two and a half years older than me. And so when we were younger, you know, we bonded. We were, I don't have any more siblings. I mean, I have cats and I grew up very closely with one of my younger cousins and I think he's like 12 now 12 or 13 I don't know he's getting tall and yeah I would be at their house every day when I was growing up and so he seems like a brother to me but he looks exactly like my sister so that's a conundrum um but <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I don't know anything that I just said makes sense um yes yeah, so I have a sister I care about her a lot um I don't talk to her as much as I wish I did because she moved out a couple years ago. I think two years ago, maybe a little more than that because um, she wanted to be independent. We are very similar in the fact that we both are very independent ladies and we care about a lot of the same things. We have the same views on a lot of things, but um, I don't know. Actually, surprise, tune in for an update on Josie's life. We're about to get a lot closer because she's going through some stuff that she made bad decisions on and i'm gonna help her out with that um so thanks older sister who might be named claire for showing me what not to do with my life um and you're welcome for helping you get out of conundrums <laughs> you'll probably never listen to this but 
Thank you. <laughs> that is always very interesting that the younger sibling learned from the older. I didn't. <laughs> I am the younger sibling who messed up way more. Actually, I was perfect and then high school happened, but that's different. So could you give me an example of like, because you say you value experiences, she values physical things. This is actually going to tie into, because I've been thinking about this for a long time. When I was at your grad party, a lot of these was just fueled by the fact that you were at my grad party. I peeped into your room and you had, because you don't take pictures of your room. I see a lot of people taking pictures of their room and they're just like, here's all the crap on my wall. And I'm like, that's interesting. But your room has a few Lufes posters, a piano, obviously a bed. <laughs> and there's not much that I would say, like, you're holding on to, like, all this shit. Like, you, like, some of the posters you have are just, like, Too Much Light Makes Baby Go Blind or Footloose. And they're, like, the tiniest posters. How do you describe, like her material things versus your not having material things as well. I I like the way you tied that up with a ribbon. I just voice cracked for whatever. Um, side note, what hasn't been a side note so far, but um, I really am interested in like people's rooms and like I've always wanted to like do a project maybe similar to this. I don't know, but maybe not at all. But um, <laughs> I don't know document like people's rooms and like who they are kind of because definitely the area that you surround yourself with says so much about you even down to like the color of your room and a lot of people don't have like control over that maybe maybe not i don't know but um like the things people put on their walls the things people don't put on their walls the things i don't know all of that so i think that's really cool thanks for bringing that up that made me really happy but um <laughs> yeah i have a lot of things on my room walls <laughs> um <laughs> that are mostly accounted to the fact that I have a horrible memory, like literally so bad. I have already forgotten the question, but, um, and I, like I said, I care a lot about valuing experiences. And so one of my walls is entirely dedicated to tickets of like concerts and shows, um, live performances. Cause I love live performances. I love live performances too much. Um, not enough, actually, but I go to so many not enough concerts and shows and things like that, and so I like to remember that, and not that I look at the tickets individually every day, but I put them all up on my wall so I can remember them and say, hey, this is what I value. I look at that every morning. It's behind, like, my vanity mirror that I sit on infrequently, but um, to say, hey, I'm going to look at this right before I walk out the door because they're all, like, around my light switch and stuff. Um, I don't know. As, like, a subliminal thing, I didn't intentionally put them there for that, but... <laughs> um, so that's one wall. The second wall is, like, posters and artwork and memories of, like, friends that I like to keep, like, stupid drawings or, like you said, like, my Lufest posters on that wall. I have a huge poster that I got at Ikea of... Um, a really cool photograph that might be a painting but I think it's a photograph of like bread and that's all it is it's like two baguettes tied together with a blue ribbon and there's like 97 of them on the poster I think is the coolest thing ever because I freaking love bread like so much like I do an entire podcast about bread I would love that and so I got that at Ikea like I said the one time I went to Ikea and I was like this is going on my wall um and it's also a calendar of BuzzFeed's the Try Guys is on that wall which I am in love with them I also really love BuzzFeed. 
we were talking about journalism earlier. I don't know. But, um, so that's one wall. Yeah, it's that's the wall my piano was on. So I guess you could call that like my creativity wall. That's not at all. You could not. Please don't call it that. Um, but thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, like my posters and stuff are on that wall. And then moving to the next wall, I have pictures, a lot of pictures. And there's a lot of postcards. And I think there's one or two posters on that wall, too. Um, pictures of things, you know, like Polaroids and also just like printed out pictures of friends. There's a lot of pictures of me because I was a really cute kid. And I'd like to remember that about myself. <laughs> um so there's a lot of pictures of people that I care about, mostly me, like I said, but I also care about myself, so, um, and then there are some cool, like, vintage concert posters, they're not that cool, but on that wall, a lot of postcards, because I love postcards, um, that I hung on my wall, and then there's a window, and then on the other side of that wall is, like, memories, kind of high school memories, I say, that's where I have, like, the Too Much Light Makes Baby Go Mind poster, some of my brief basketball career, um, memories up there. Um, I used to have, I used to be like a pageant person. So I had my sashes hanging up there for like two years. It doesn't really count. I try to block it out. Um, but you definitely saw some of that at my grad party. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so that's kind of that portion of the wall, just memories. It's right above my desk that I don't use as an actual desk. It's just a storage place. Um, but I have like my records and stuff right there in the desk and art supplies. I have this like cool cutting board that was my great grandma's I think and it is in the shape of a pig and I was like that's really cool it was really gross so I spray painted one side of it and it's kind of sitting on my desk and you can't really see it but I know it's there so that's kind of cool um so that's that wall um and then the next wall which is the coolest wall in my room is a chalkboard wall like I made when we redid my room probably like six years ago I'm was like I want a chalkboard wall in my room like that's the coolest thing ever and I can write things down on it because I have horrible memory and I can like draw with chalk on it like that's pretty cool and so my dad actually like got pieces of plywood so I wouldn't paint directly on the wall because he's weird about that and so I have three large pieces of plywood screwed to my wall and then we painted it with chalkboard paint and it's the freaking coolest thing ever and I love it in my room and there's also a huge mirror on that wall that I think was my aunt's, and so that's really cool, nice to have in my room, you know, a mirror, um, yeah, and so I write a lot of things on that chalkboard wall, a lot of lists, when I was younger, my friends would write a lot of stupid things on it, like, I think there's still the word penis written on it, like, at least four times, um, anyway, but I have a lot of reminders, a lot of quotes that I like on there, I also have a chair sitting on that side of the room, right by that wall, and so that's cool, sometimes I take photos it happened like one time but there was a cool photo that I took of a friend she was sitting in the chair and then I drew with chalk like around her it was kind of cool um thank you I appreciate that Cam just said that was that is really cool if you didn't hear that if you didn't hear that um yeah that's kind of my room so it's all based around remembering things like I said I have a horrible memory and I like to remember a lot of things and a lot of pictures like I'll stumble across some pictures of when I was younger and I'll be like dude, I remember this. Like, I can't believe I forgot about this. This is cool. So I'll take one of those pictures and I'll put it on my wall so I don't forget about it. Um, so it's kind of like my room is my brain because it's really messy and none of it matches. <laughs> and um, it has no flow to it, but also it has a great flow to it, if you're me. Um, yes. And the closet that I took the door off of, this is, you can dive it so metaphorically into this. Um, is like always messy and jam-packed full of clothes and things like that but I took the door off of it 
so for functionality and so that I could fit more things on my wall um yes <laughs> I also have Christmas lights in my room and I think they're pretty cool thank you that's great okay so we've started off the question with talking about your sister and that's totally fine that you didn't answer it oh my God. because you made me think of this and now I just forgot it no I didn't um did I forget it okay it's talking about shit <laughs> holy fuck okay I've described you as mysterious this is what it was but we're an hour and 32 seconds in and you have been able to just you're chatting me up you're saying all the things you want to say you're you can you don't stop yourself generally I mean you haven't swore yet but that's fine maybe once maybe. possibly but like why do you think people describe you as mysterious because i totally thought you were mysterious especially uh, the person who owned christmas lights who i now hate my ex-best friend he was like yeah josie's really mysterious so why do you think people think that you are a very secretive person and somebody who keeps things close to the vest as they say Thank you for that. I appreciate that question very much. Um, and I just thought of a really good metaphor. I'm a big fan of metaphors. A lot of them are horrible, but I make up a lot of metaphors and I'm really proud of myself for that. <laughs> and like I said, a lot of them are horrible, but I'm a big fan of them and I try to use them in, at least one time in every conversation that I have. Um, I'm gonna forget the metaphor, but I'm gonna say this first. Um, I like to think of myself as a very, I don't like to think, no, hold on. I don't intentionally try to be a very mysterious or elusive person, but I don't, they're like, I pick and choose the people who I tell things to, you know what I'm saying? As one does, but um, to the extreme, because I used to be maybe close to a quote unquote popular kid in middle school, if you will, close to it, not quite, but close. I had popular friends, ooh. President of NJHS much? I definitely was National Junior Honor Society of Undisclosed Middle School. But um, anyway, and so I had cool friends that like people knew. And so there was a lot and I would tell them everything about my life. And then people who are dumb and 11 years old tell other things to people about you because they're mad at you for taking their webkins or something. I don't know. I'm making this up. But yeah, and so I was like, the lesson that everybody learns, you know, be careful who you tell things to. So I was like, hey, let's just do that. And so I revamped myself and I got new friends and now you are a good friend. And so I'm totally comfortable with telling you things about my life. I love talking about my life. I think people's lives are interesting. So I love when people talk about their lives um, and I love taking up people's time. <laughs> but, um, my room, this is the metaphor that I was going to say. So like my house is built in a way that there's not really a good place to hang out with people. Like I've never really enjoyed having people over to my house unless I'm like best friends with them and we can just go hide in my room or unless it's a lot of people and we can just, you know, party everywhere, crash in the living room. Like, you know, usually the living room is a place of hanging out, but it's all, my living room's all open and it's all connected to the kitchen and like the hallway is right there. And so the front door is right there. And so there's so many things for potential for people walking in because you know that's a big deal um <laughs> and so there was never really a good place to hang out and so like I said it would only be like my best friends 
or like the people who I trusted or whatever, we would hang out in my room and that's where people usually hang out at my house if I'm cool with them. Um, and so it's kind of the fact that, like I said earlier, my room is a lot like my brain because it's where I used to remember a lot of things, you know, I spend 99% of my time in there. Um, the other 1% is when I'm at work, so I don't know how I get there, but, um, I, yeah, um, yeah, you know, everybody feels comfortable in their room. I feel comfortable in my room, um, but it's kind of like the people who you, who you let into your room, for me at least, it's like the people who I let into my brain, and so this is ironic because this is an interview that could be publicized at any point and anybody could listen to it maybe potentially we'll see I don't know but I'm comfortable with myself you know sure of things um and so anybody who I would let into my room I would also let into my mind per se you know there's like a level of comfort there's a level of trust that I have with a good select few people and so I think that answers your question also to answer the question earlier about my sister her room is painted the three walls are painted different colors of there's blue purple and white and then on one wall there's this really cool art piece actually of um this girl with an umbrella and she's like jumping she has an umbrella and then it looks like rain but we really just um well it's not a secret but we just dripped like paint down to look at make it look like rain and so that's actually really cool and um our rooms are vastly different in that sense. Um, she moved out, so there's not much in her room anymore, but she would always felt about valuing different things. Like I value experiences, I value like trust, and I value all of that, trying to tie this all back together <laughs> with my room. Um, and in her room, it was always m a lot more barren than my room, but not completely barren. Like she had a bunch of pictures and like things up, a lot of things, like candles and things that were nice and like a lot of high quality items because she didn't spend a lot of time in her room because she was always out doing things um which this sounds completely re like opposite of what I'm trying to say but um yeah it, it sounds like it's, it sounds like you're talking about like the fact that your sister's room is always open and your room is mostly closed thank you that is exactly what I was trying to say <laughs> that is the end of the metaphor thank you I also like to say that I'm flattered that you said I'm a close friend because I don't know to add on the similarities I think we're both a little bit awkward and a little bit afraid of what people think of us at least in like the abstract you know yeah that's that's good but um yeah that's interesting with your sister and all that um yeah mysterious your sister's weird I don't know how straight up you want to be about this. Let's, I can add on to the similarities that you and I have about being secretive. I don't let any, I don't want anyone in my room, like most of the time ever. My room has a bunch of books I haven't read and a bunch of comic books that I won't read because I squashed down that when I decided to thought, think I was cool. And a bunch of things that I like, that are there, but don't represent who I am as a person now. But how do you think, okay, I'm just going to let the dead air happen. That's totally fine. Cause I'm going to collect myself talking about, how about you make a song while I think about it?
Um, this is the song that Cam just remembered what he was going to think of. Awesome. <laughs> you mentioned that, okay, insert father figure here, may or not, may, or may not be Josie Phillips. Is that even her last name? We'll never know. Is that, act- okay, father figure says, father figure is upset. I have a father figure in my life who I try to avoid talking about most of the time. He's in my life. He's nice. He's the reason why you're looking at a bazillion Las Vegas things in this room. If you didn't know, audio listener, there's a bunch of tacky stuff in my basement that everybody likes to look at whenever they show up. But, And my father figure has always been... He was cool when I was really young, which I think a lot of people who have experienced troubles with their parents that were like, yeah, they were really cool when I was a young kid, but like once I started to like develop a personality, <laughs> they, there have been issues. <laughs> Do you think that you have, because you mentioned also earlier that you had like the teenage angst middle school bullshit of just like, screw you, mom. I'm going to go in my room and look at a bunch of Lufest posters. <laughs> Do you think that also, you mentioned that, like, hey, if you don't love your mom, you're stupid. I think that's totally true 99% of the time. I, there's totally opportunities where you cannot love your parents. And that's, like, I'm not going to rag on you for saying blah, blah, blah. But how do you view people in your life like certain father figures or adults who you did not respect when you were younger and you're going, you're growing to not respect them, if that is the case for certain people. Yeah, no, I totally, I think I, I think I know what you're trying to say. And yeah, when I said that earlier, like, if you don't love your mom, you're stupid. And yes, there are, m- that not there's not many times, but there are significant times where it's okay to not love your parents because you're different. Like you said, like, once you start developing personality, <laughs> you start to become different from people and that's what makes us all awesome and that's what makes us unique so (laughs) Um, but yeah I think that's important that people grow up and then they start to say hey I don't like the way that you're thinking and it happens mostly with adults yes a lot of people with their father figures or their mother figures or their (laughs) <laughs> there's some other <laughs> figures um, but um and yet for those who don't know there is a a dog barking this has been a consistent issue in my home we have talked to the neighbor multiple times and i'm sorry it's an interesting dog bark but i'm not bothered by it that much but it's okay um i like dogs i was saying that I think it's good that people grow up and start to have differing opinions from even their upbringing. Because I've also, on my wall, I have this card, this awesome quote by Jack Vanek, I think. I don't know the quote by heart, but it briefly summarizing says, like, you are what you take from the experiences. You are what you take from the people. You are what you take from everything that you've done in your life. You're not, people are always like, oh, you are, you're like, you're so much like your parents. Like, you are your parents. You are so much like your sister and um no you're not you're what you take from these people because say you grow up in a home of like heroin addicts and you're like hey that's really fucking bad i'm not going to turn into a heroin addict and so you're not your parents you're what you take from your parents or maybe you're like awesome let's be a heroin addict 
then that's what you take from your parents. That's what you're going to be. Um, yeah. So I think I took a lot of things. Everybody changes. Like everybody, like you said earlier, changes their views of their parents. And like, you know, you used to be super tight with your dad or whatever. I used to be the same way. Like I was a daddy's girl, quote unquote. <laughs> I hate that I just said that. Um, anyway. We do not mean that in the sexual context. I would like to apologize to anyone of the Tumblr community who thought we were talking about something else. Absolutely not. In zero, negative 74% meant in that way. But no, I used to hang out with my dad a lot and say like, oh, you're a cool dude. Let's like go build some stuff together or whatever. And I appreciate so much all the things that my dad taught me growing up. Like he taught me how to change my oil in my car, how to change a tire, how to do a lot of things, like learn to be creative. Like even my dad is the most plain Jane, straightforward person, but he does a lot of, you know, like creative things when he's working on things that he likes, which is just working on things in the most literal sense, like building stuff and working on cars and blah, 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 all of that. But he taught me how to be like creative when looking at solutions like that and that, you know, all of that. We were breaking gender stereotypes as a child. My eight-year-old self using a screwdriver or something <laughs> anyway um i feel so bad because this is all recording in like one track and you're gonna have to go through and like edit this if you want to do anything with it <laughs> depends on if you want me to, it depends on if you want me to edit something well thank you i appreciate that that's a very sweet thing to say but um yeah i always felt like not always but in the relevant times of josie being educated i said that the other day to my mom i was like my educated self, referring to the years that I have been having a personality and being educated. Um, so my educated self has always felt that, like that quote by Jack Vanek, it's like, you are the things that you take from these things. You're like, it goes on to say something like poetic, like, oh, you are the mountains that you've seen. You are the sunshine that you felt, like blah, 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 something like that. Um, but yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people would say you are what you eat, but I'm glad you, you went the more beautiful route. Thank you. And yeah, I think you did answer my question. Um, let's let's tr bring it back a little bit. I thought this was really funny because not that I am aware of like your socio-political beliefs, but you had you went to see Bill Nye, which was cool. You got a signed copy of his book. And then also, we're just going to bring it back to your grad party, you had these little signs that said compost, and like the other one was trash. I'm pretty sure it was just two. There was recycling. There was, yeah. There was one that said trash, and it was like, if you hate Josie, in parentheses, and the environment, it might have been flipped, put things in trash. So the environment seems to be important for you. Does that mean, because there are friends in our lives who are vegan or environmentalists, maybe it's one person with a certain type of hair, <laughs> who prides themselves on trying to be eco-friendly. But again, also to adding to your mystique, I would never have assumed that you're like a tight ass about like putting things in the compost bin. Because also, you should see my work, because we just put everything in trash bags, you would cry. Um... Thank you. I love the fact that you just referred to me as a tight ass about <laughs> composting and stuff. Um, 
fun fact my mom bought trash cans to go outside for my grad party and i was like hey this is would be like a perfect compost bin and she's like okay and i, I made them buy compostable utensils because they were going to buy more plastic utensils but that's not recyclable and neither are plastic straws so fun fact we didn't have straws at my grad party either but no one cared because people don't need straws don't use straws please please don't use plastic straws i don't care if you use other straws but um yeah i am a tight ass about <laughs> protecting the environment and stuff um can contribute all of my passion igniting from my mother being a horticulturist because she's also very passionate about the environment and so i took what i learned from her and sprung it upward and made made more out of it i don't know what the word i'm looking for is here but um you did something about it yeah you did something about it yes i did something about it i was like hey this is really cool and she cares a lot about the environment too i was like i'm gonna use what i know is good and care about the environment also and so yeah i made a compost bin for my grad party and i made like a little sign on it and i was like these things are compostable and every time i was around where the trash cans and stuff are i was like hey compost all of that and people were like really and i was like yeah because it was all like paper plates and wooden utensils and things like that and um now that bag is sitting in my garage and my dad is very mad about it because he's like it's gonna attract bugs and i'm like it's get i'll take it to the landfill or something not the landfill but like the recycle center they have this um like compost area area. yeah and you can like drop your stuff there to be composted awesome um so not the landfill the recycle center but yeah so we've, we've always had recycle bins in my house and have since expanded to aluminum recycling and then like paper recycling and then all else recycling and then the trash can um and so i've always been like oh this is normal this is what everybody does but then once i started to become friends with people and went to their houses i was like oh do you have a recycling bin and they're like no and i was like what why not why not that's so stupid it's so easy to have a it's not easy to have a recycling bin and for a lot of people but um i care a lot about the environment yes i'm gonna keep saying that but i feel like it's really easy to recycle and stuff like i said a lot of people don't even know that we have like recycling centers and things like that where you can recycle everything from paper to battery fluid to oil that you took out of your car to clothes to whatever you can recycle like everything dude and you can compost like basically anything that you can't recycle not everything like a lot of plastics which is really sad but i think it's awesome that journalism is igniting that the eco-friendly part of the world you know and spreading a lot of news saying hey it's really easy to protect the environment just don't be stupid and i care a lot about that and i think the environment is very important because it was here before we were and it'll be here after us whether we live through it or not um I was thinking about this earlier i was like everything that we do no what was it it was like everything everything that happens everything yeah okay wait everything that lets us like everything that we can do that helps us survive doesn't have to hurt the environment like like the cavemen didn't hurt the environment at all i mean like you can argue that like oh they made fires but if you make fire the carbon dioxide is gonna like dissolve in like a year like it's fine um 
unless you light the world on fire, but then that's bad. But, um, yeah, I was like, the cavemen totally survived and they didn't do anything to hurt the environment. Like, why, what made us think that we, and not like people were like, oh, we have to hurt the environment, so let's do this. But, you know, people have just stopped caring. And I think that kind of sucks. But there's a lot of people thinking like me now that are like, hey, let's like kind of do what we can to help the environment because it's deteriorating. <laughs> um, and I would like to live for as long as I can and not live to only be 30 like they did in the 1800s because they were stupid and they didn't have technology. But now we have technology. But all that, that didn't make sense at all this is a really prolonged answer and your audacity is probably like cutting out because it's like you've been recording for like nine hours so please stop but i, I have no idea i i don't know how audacity works <laughs> 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 i mean yes i think you've answered your question that's totally fine if i mildly interrupt you but yeah it is very interesting especially because you've mentioned wanting to live in oregon because you also were like wait cameron lived in eugene and i was like yeah, I guess it was kind of boring. And then you're like, but it's awesome. It's Oregon. And I'm like, yeah, there's like 99% homeless people. <laughs> but that's also weird because you speak about recycling and I have recycling been upstairs. We don't have like everywhere, but I recycle sometimes. I also like don't really consume a lot. So I'm not like <laughs> always throwing stuff away. But yeah, recycling is weird, especially in the Midwest where we live, where so many people, and I think, I've, I've been guilty of it too, and I think it's kind of funny that people will just burn trash <laughs> in the world <laughs> or burn homework at the end of the year. That's so just, okay, cool. Thanks for just ruining everything. But yeah, environmentalism. Yeah, you mentioned, yeah, also that's stupid. And I have done that before. I've burned homework because, meh, angsty teen, whatever. Um then I was like, oh, we could recycle this. So I made everybody stop burning their homework <laughs> because it was like getting ashes everywhere too. And I was like, oh, this is bad. Stop. Let's recycle this. <laughs> True story. Um, anyway, you mentioned Oregon and it was actually really interesting. That conversation I had with you, however long ago that was, when we when Oregon was a topic of discussion, like I just said. Um, yeah, because I've... <laughs> the, the entire state, obviously. Yes, yes, because I was always like, hey, I want to move to Oregon because I always thought it was really cool. Like, they're, I'm going to say front runners, but I mean front runners in the most, like, oh, this is seems like a good idea. Like, let's do it. So, like, not all of Oregon's ideas are the best, but they're doing stuff. And that's so that's what I like about them. Um, they're a very big front runner in the terms of, like, medical assistance for people. Like, you can be, like, 14 and get your own medicine, which is good for people who don't you know, for people who need that, um, they're really good, amazing about, like, environment and, like, protecting all the things, but, like, you said, you actually opened my eyes to so many problems that Oregon has in, like, that area of the country, um, but I was talking to you because you're, like, oh, like, everybody's homeless, like, the education system is horrible, and I was, like, well, yeah, that makes sense, I guess, because they don't have high taxes, they don't have taxes and a lot of- No sales tax, no sales tax at all. Yeah, no sales tax at all, which- I used to be like, oh, taxes are stupid. Like, what do they even do? Like, no money even goes to the education system. But example A, Oregon, and, like, with the homeless, like, so much funding. And so it's just, it's a balance. And I think Oregon is a really awesome place that needs some fixing up. But it's amazing. And I still think it's amazing because they're doing stuff. And that's the most important part. That was all I had to say about Oregon. I would still love to live there because it's a beautiful area. Thank you. 
I do think you would love it, especially if you lived specifically where I lived, where a mile away was a place that said, made by real hippies, tie-dye shirts. <laughs> if you don't know what Oregon is, that's all we need to know. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, you know, I was going to ask some other questions, but like, let's see. Okay, so you're moving on post-high school, obviously. You know, we talked about your experiences with high school, how you tried to be a leader, and how there were successes and failures. But how do you want to leave high school? Cause I don't think you really described like how you wanted to like describe your legacy. It's planting seeds in a garden. <laughs> I like that metaphor because gardens. Um. Yes. Anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope that I left high school. I know that I left on a lot of good notes, but I also know that I left on some shaky notes with some authoritative, authoritarian, authoritative figures <laughs> and also some, you know, like classmates. Um, but I would say it's overwhelmingly positive the way that I left high school, hopefully, unless I'm mistaken. But um, I know I did a lot to improve things at the high school. I know I did a lot to try to improve like others lives at the high school um i was i always say that i have like literally like one friend one close friend which is a lie but i only hang out with like not that many people by own fault of myself because i love talking to people like my lovely friend cam who i never get the chance to talk to except for events like today um <laughs> Events where I force you to show up. <laughs> That's okay, because I will gladly show up. But, um, yeah, but I was, I had, have, whatever, like, three friends that I proclaim as, like, my best friends or whatever. But I also have, like, this outer circle of, like, people that I'm really good friends with, you know? They're buds. Like, if they were like, hey, I'm having a dinner party, like, I'd be there, you know? Um, but then there's also this outer circle of people who, you know, everybody has these people who you just talked to at high school. You're like, oh, I have a class with them. But also I'm like buddies with them. If they like needed a pencil, I'd give them a pencil, you know, whatever. If I saw them on the street, I'd be like, what's up? And then there's like that further outer circle where people you like wouldn't say hi to on the street because you only talk to them like one time. But in those two outer circles, there were a lot of people in my high school life who I had in those circles. And so... I would always say, especially in middle school, like I said, when I was, like, almost popular, I had a lot of friends from different circles, um, a lot of friends from different cliques, a lot of friends from different things, and so I know that I'm not going to talk to, like, 99% of those people ever again um, in those two outer circles, and even maybe some of the inner circles. I hope not, but um, I hope that I left them on like, you know, like, good standing, like, I hope, and I know for a lot of them, I think that I left them with, like, oh, that's a cool gal, and I know I still think of them the same way, too, like, even the person we were talking about earlier with the Best Thespian Award, um, it's not like I left them on a bad note, and it's not like they left me on a bad note, it's just, we mutually were, like, I haven't even talked to them about this, but this is what I'm assuming, that we were mutually, like, hey, we don't vibe well together, so let's not talk to each other so we don't hate each other, you know? Because, like, I'd probably still go to their wedding or something, you know, but maybe not. I don't know. We'll see when that time comes. Um, 
So that's how I hope I left a lot of people like, hey, I'd still be at your wedding even if I don't talk to you if you invited me. I wouldn't just like show up. But um, because, yeah, the thing has already started to happen where you like lose friends from high school, quote unquote, and you're not going to talk to them during college and like all that stuff. And I knew that was going to happen. And that's fine. Like it happens. People grow apart. But like some close friends even have been like, oh, we're not going to be friends anymore. And I'm like, okay, that's fine if that needs to happen whatever let's just keep moving forward and thank you barack obama for making that your (laughs) mission statement or whatever um because keep moving forward folks that's how i hope i left high school (laughs) keep moving forward as said by walt disney as quoted by barack obama (laughs) (laughs) dang it I, this is why I like being friends with you because you always correct me on like literature things. If I try to quote something, you're like, oh, this person said this, but then this person said it before them, but it was really from this book that was based on this like movie or whatever opposite. Yes. Thank you. Walt Disney. <laughs> you're welcome. And I try to avoid that. I think. No, it's good. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, okay. keep doing it. Cause that's your thing. Like yeah. at least that's one of your many things, but that's a good thing that you have. Yes. <laughs> I was saying this to myself because I don't, I wasn't talking to anyone before you got here. Maybe my mom for like five minutes. But if this ever reaches episode 100, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bait and switch. Watch me just fucking eat my words and have you interview me. And then you're just going to have to be like, shit, now I have to write however many questions. And then now I'll feel all important. I would love that. Good. (laughs) She said that would, she would love that. But yes, um, friends and like losing friends. I think... Because you haven't been part of, like, the stratosphere of my life of being able to be like, I didn't show up with you to other grad parties. You were there, and we talked for a little bit, but it wasn't like... Because there were a lot, like, one of your very close friends, like, we were like, we went places to grad parties and, like, left grad parties to be like, hey, we don't want to hang out with Thespian of the Year's grad party. Let's go to the carnival. And there are other people who you've experienced, like, losing friends. And I don't know, like, your whole history with that. I think I've made it blatantly obvious through my one statement and through my life of just, like, sometimes I don't shut up about it, about somebody who I really cared about, and then they just decided to be a humongous jerk and hurt me, but it's cool. But, like, how does that... Because you were like, you said that like, oh, I'll just like work through it or like, I'll, you know, try and like work past it or whatever. It doesn't really hurt that much, but obviously it does. Same thing with the Best Thespian Award. Like you clearly care that like if not a person's name who starts with an E like is like, I'm not going to be your friend. And then they just don't talk to you ever. Know about that? Oh yeah. Cause you hung up. Yeah. Cause again, I don't like gossiping, <laughs> but I'm like, but I, I love listening. i yes i love that that you just said that um yeah i still don't completely understand that situation because that person we're very similar we're really 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 good buds for a long time um we're very 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 similar now i keep saying like very and like really because it's true like we were she was like they were like a second sibling or whatever um and so i don't compl- that was gross and i'm that to- totally just picked up that like <laughs> swallow i'm so sorry <laughs> um but 
yeah, I don't completely understand that situation still, but um, it's how it is, and if that's how that person feels, then that's okay, and I'm still going to support them. And like I said earlier, like I'd probably still go to their wedding or if, if that happened or um, things like that. Um, like I still went to their grad party and all of that. Um, I also said this at my own grad party, I think. It's like the people who are at your graduation party are also the people who would be at your funeral. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know, and it really messed with my mind for a minute. I was like, but then that would be the people that would be at your wedding. But then I was like, no, it wouldn't be the people that would be. It would be the people that were at your funeral. I don't know. It's crazy. Um, whatever. I'm not profound, and I'm making myself out to be. But You're incredibly profound. I think you just <laughs> collect your words, which is also like... I hate it when people get antsy about the fucking varies or the ums or the likes. I didn't like speech class with a certain teacher that we both love because she fucking counted down how many times we said like or um. That shows that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Some of the stupidest people can talk very eloquently. Yes. I really appreciate that you just said that. Thank you. I I very much agree with that. I'm processing that thought right now. But I think I wholeheartedly agree with that um see yes yeah i'm i claim to be the worst person to interview because i take so long to collect my thoughts um as did friend we were talking about earlier used to do um yeah so i still don't completely understand that situation i might not ever but i've accepted it for now and yeah i think that's how I get through a lot of things in life. I think that's where you might be going with that question. Um, I, now I notice myself saying, um, <laughs> darn it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I just try to kind of, I know things, I know life is going to go on. Everything is going to keep moving forward. Thanks, Walt Disney. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like the Michael Scott quote. It's like Wayne Gretzky. Michael Scott. Yeah, I know. I don't watch The Office enough to be able to quote that legitimately, but, um, yeah. So, <laughs> take I this mean, mic away from me. <laughs> speaking of the Michael Scott thing, spe- adding on to the many similarities, or do you have to go? Because I don't want to keep you. No. Okay, cool. Adding on to the similarities that you and I have, in your Twitter bio, you quote a White Stripe song, <laughs> which I immediately knew because... The first band I got into, besides like the Beatles and all the other fucking bullshit that <laughs> white kids in middle America are like, oh, I like music now. But like, my sister and my mom love Jack White. Oh, yeah. And they like, that's how I got into music, mm-hmm. with just like this like, super extreme and just like trying to. It's also like how I developed like a kind of a pretension, which I think a lot of people who like music develop of just being like, Ugh, I know more than Seven Nation Army. Which is like the shittiest thing to say. I've realized that as I've grown older, it's just like I don't care if some like if somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, I love Ariel Pink," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, do you listen to Pom Pom?" They're like, "Huh? <laughs> I just listen to Spotify." Okay, that's cool. But like, you also talked about because we've had separate conversations about the fact that Parks and Rec is a better show than The Office because there's more heart to it. I've seen many video essays to back up my points. <laughs> if you don't know, that's how I waste my time. But, like, I get that's weird that, like, how would you describe your experience with the one, the only Jack White? Because I also, I kind of, here's an embarrassing moment that I'm going to fucking bring up. I was driving in your car. We were going to Kane's. It was one of the nights of Footloose. Right. And 
you gave me the aux chord and I was like, well, I guess I'll just play Jack White's new album. But I was trying to play other songs too. And then I got locked out of your phone and just continued to play the album. And I was just like, well, I guess I can't do anything about this. But also this is really long and he's just soloing. <laughs> so yes. I, I'm going to bring it up again. So obviously it's still sitting on my heart, but the same way as old friend who may or may not start with an E, um, does this exact same thing that the few select of us do when we, like, know music. Friend even went into writing, like, a 10-page essay about one in particular artist, which I thought was the most wonderful thing in the entire world. But, yes, Jack White especially, and I'm a fan. I didn't know that you were a big fan of Jack White. That's amazing. Um... I haven't gotten into him enough to be able to speak credibly about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, I, I need to get into him more, but I know a good much about him. He's an amazing freaking artist. Oh my God. Like if I aspire to be like anyone in the music world, Jack White is going to be on like at least the top three, if not the top one. Um, because gosh darn, is that a talented person? Yeah. And to have such talent that like prolongs like the interest of your fan base if that makes sense speaking like time-wise like he's been amazingly talented and amazingly i don't want to say famous but like popular at least in niche groups of people niche niche groups of people niche niche, niche whatever <laughs> thank you see this is why i like being friends with you um yeah and it's that's lasted for like literally like 10 12 years is that he's been this amazing artist that keeps producing phenomenal things and he's a god at the guitar he's has a really amazing vocals and can string words together in such a way like we this question started about my twitter bio it's the quote why don't you kick yourself out you're an immigrant too from icky thump which is also a very popular song by the white stripes but whatever um it's a very nice quote i like that song a lot it's really just him yelling his opinions about a lot of things which i love that obviously <laughs> but um yeah jack white is an amazing artist and i totally appreciate anyone who spent the time to like really investigate him and like look into that because he's a very worthwhile person and artist especially in the realms of music if you appreciate music like we both do yes thank you well, if not Jack White, who is the person you've divulged all of your time to, who would you say is the artist who you've just like, I know everything about them. I know their middle name and their birthday. It doesn't have to be that specific information. Just like, <laughs> um, There were three people that came to mind. Bruno Mars. Wait. 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 I'm going to guess one of them is Lumineers. Four people that came to mind. Okay. okay no. <laughs> so... <laughs> Bruno Mars was my first obsession of music when I was, like, in fourth grade or whatever. That lovely man. Did you know he's, like, 5'3"? He's so small. He's Hawaiian. Used to be a Michael Jackson and Elvis impersonator as a child. That's how he got into music. Thank you. Um, so Bruno Mars is one. Second is Nate Ruiz of Fun. I was in love with the bun the band fun for the longest time then they like disbanded and it was like super low-key though and so um jack antioff who was the guitarist and backup singer and nate ruiz was the lead singer they both branched off to do their own thing kind of um so i fell in love with nate ruiz 
I kind of like Jack's stuff, but not as much as Nate. Um, also heard reports from people that, like, know him that he's, like, an asshole, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I could have assumed that, but really love him so much. I would kill to see him in concert. I saw him once at Lufest, but it was awesome. Um, third, One Direction. <laughs> Um, like I mentioned very briefly earlier when we were talking about Instagram, I used to follow a bunch of One Direction fan accounts, and I was obsessed, as most of the preteen population of the entire world was, when One Direction was famous. I had their birthdays on my calendar for the longest time. Harry Styles and my mother share the same birthday. Um, thank you. I was particularly obsessed with Harry Styles, because obviously he's the best one, but whatever. Most handsome. Most handsome, yes, by far. Um, also, I love what he's doing with music in his career now. I haven't, again, gotten into it enough, but I know I support him. <laughs> but, um, so yes, still am a fan of One Direction's music, and somebody can fight me on that. That's, like, my, what is, I don't want to say guilty pleasure, because that sounds horrible, like, literally so bad, but, like, I definitely would still listen to One Direction songs and jam out to them, because I know every single word to all of their songs, and I'm not lying. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, One Direction is the third one. And like you said, the Lumineers. Holy gosh darn. I freaking love the Lumineers. Like, that's the current... I'm not, like, obsessed with them like I was with One Direction. Like, I would follow all their stuff and, like, stalk them. Um, But, wow, am I blown away by the Lumineers. I'm in love. The cellist, her name's Nayla. I don't want to butcher her last name, but it's, like, Petarik? Pet... I don't know. I don't. That's not the way it's pronounced. But do I, wouldn't you, to, I wouldn't be able to help you out with that one. Thank you. Well, that's okay. That, that'll be like my one for today. <laughs> um, but her name's Nayla, and she's so beautiful and talented. And I wish they would like let her shine more. And um, the lead singer Wesley with the hair is also beautiful, and I love his vocals. But and he also had a kid, and the kid is really cute. Like recently, um, but. The main person I'm obsessed with in the band is Jeremiah, who does everything else. <laughs> he is an amazing pianist. He is really good at guitar. He plays the mandolin. It's really cute. Um, he even does like a lot of percussion. And of course, there are more people that make up the Lumineers, obviously. But he also plays like trumpet and stuff. But the three of them, I also they have the cutest names ever, like Wesley, Nayla, and Jeremiah. Like what the heck? Jeremiah reminds me of a turtle. I don't know why, but he just does. Um, I'm in, yeah, in love with them. I, if I had the opportunity to see them every day of my life, I would, and I would never get tired of them. Yes. Again, I forgot the question, but those are the four. The people that I aspire to be, like, in the realms of music, or the people that I'm most inspired by, or have been my life. Thank you. I'm glad you, I'm glad you dressed up my question, because it was really just bands that you liked, but uh, you made it sound way more poetic. You said a thing about guilty pleasures and like blah 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 fucking stupid i don't know if you agree with the sentiment that like guilty pleasures are a stupid concept in general Mm -hmm. because i don't know if you like something you should own it right like i'm sure there's stupid stuff that you like that you just are like yeah yeah no i totally resound with that definitely like the fact the word guilty pleasures i just don't know a better word for it but yeah that whole concept of like oh i like this but i'm not gonna let it when you know that i like it and if you don't want to let people know that you like something, whatever, that's that's your own deal. But yeah, you should be proud of who you are because, you know, 
full circle again you are what you take from the experiences in your life and you are what you like you are what you eat you are <laughs> who you are thank you kesha um <laughs> thank you um but yeah if you like something let it fly you know let your freak flag fly fly as those theater kids say Allah, that one song that i don't know what musical it's from oh cam doesn't either wow this is wow this is a moment you want to get some preamble for the 100th episode so i talked about how i you know in my theater career it happened that's all i really have described but like going into freshman year i did not know anything about theater i just kind of was like oh this is a thing and it's not sports hi grace murray you're pretty i'll write down my name who also Ju- Josie des- aspires to be because she did basketball. <laughs> but yes, theater. I didn't know anything about it, and then I decided to waste all my time on Wikipedia, which I think is a thing that all people should do, is just waste time on the internet and research. But yes, um, I don't know if you have anything to say about that. Do you? Okay, cool. I didn't want to <laughs> take away your time. Thank you. Um, Let's see. I like this question because it was the last question I wrote. Do you, because we're just going to switch gears completely. You're just going reverse. Uh, Is there a way for you to bridge the gap politically between, you know, conservative, liberal within your own bubble? Because we've all, we've mentioned best thespian multiple times. She is, they are a lovely person, whoever gender they may be. Whether or not they believe in gender, who knows? <laughs> but I think we've all been very unsuccessful in being able to bridge the gap between that person's ideologies. And not that they're upfront about it, but I think they're very passive aggressive in some of the worst ways. Sorry. <laughs> but do you think you could, how do you think you can bridge the gap and have you in your life? Yes, thank you for bringing this up. Um, definitely, like I was saying earlier, in just in specific regards to this one person, that's a lot of the reason why I we both choose to not associate with each other anymore. Um, yes, so like bridging the gap, I have always felt myself as like a median because, again, full circling it, you are what you take from your experiences. My father figure is very right-wing, as many are in the Midwest, Um, and my mother figure is very left-wing, as many are in the Midwest, Um, as a lot are in the Midwest, I would say. Um, (laughs) But, um, yeah, and so I grew up on many principles, and there are so many similarities between the two main political ideologies in the United States, at least, so many similarities, and I had the opportunity of realizing that um, because I was raised heavily by both you know being able to see multiple influences and obviously i have sided more with left-wing democratic liberal-esque viewpoints very much so but there are still parts of me that um agree with the conservative side you know as one does nobody should be 100 percent either way because that's just closing your mind off and i think that's bad um And so I think it's amazing that there's like a lot of mixture and I think bridging the gap has been a very important thing in recent years, recent as in like the last 50, maybe even 10, but (laughs) we'll see those are two very big numbers. 
different numbers, not big. Um, or even like one year, I don't know. But I think that discussion is an insanely important part. This is a good way to like tie a bow on this. Okay, I think discussion is an insanely critical part, especially in today's society with all the influences like social media, like we were talking about earlier, like um, within schools and communities, it's everything. Everybody has different viewpoints. Nobody's going to 100% agree on everything the same way as a different another person. Um, but that's okay. That's how it should be. But bridging the gap and being able to have that open form of discussion to be able to get down to the bottom of things. Um, I feel like everybody, every sane person, and even a lot of insane people, I don't know, um, really just agree deep down that their main goal is, you know, like improving humanity, making the world better for themselves and for others. Um, just humanity is like the bottom line of all of it and making sure that's an okay thing for people to live in. Um, and I think once people talk and sit down and you can even take the most like liberal person and the most conservative person on an issue, even a pressing issue like abortion or marijuana or gun control, um, they both bottom line could agree on they're just worried about the humanity. Like that's, that's all they're worried about. Um, and whatever, <laughs> whatever it, um, comes down to whatever their specific belief is on that. Um, we briefly mentioned, you know, like gender, does, do people believe that gender exists and all of that? It's a, it's a topic of discussion, especially to in right now society. Um, everybody in their hearts, you know, my mom says this awesome thing. I was going to say this because I think this is important and needs to be documented. My mom says this amazing thing about, um, like sexuality and things like that. She's like, everybody, nobody is born gay. Nobody is born straight. Nobody is born whatever. Um, everybody is born just wanting to be loved and like, that's all they're searching for in their lives. But if the kind of love you need comes from a man then that's cool if the kind of love you need comes from a woman cool if the kind of love you need comes from a dog awesome go you if the kind of love you need comes from yourself comes from gardening comes from the sky i don't know whatever your passion might be then amazing then that's what you can identify yourself as and that's awesome cool and so that kind of goes to show that you know everybody i believe at least deep down agrees that Everybody's just worried about humanity. Everybody is just worried about being loved. Everybody's just worried about making sure things are right, making sure they fit in, blah, blah, blah. All of that could go on for hours. But um, I forget what the original question was, which I think I've said at every single one of the times I've had this microphone. But um, yeah, I think that being able to bridge the gap is an important thing because there are so many people, I would say, majority of the people who have any remote interest in political ideologies sit somewhere in the middle. Like I said, I hope that nobody is 100% conservative or 100% liberal. And even if you're like 99%, that's okay because that means you're still open to discussion because um, there are a lot of things that may not ever have a definite answer, answer or whatever, like abortion. Like everybody's going to feel differently about that always. Um, so yeah exactly <laughs> and even things like sexuality and things like that everybody's going to always feel different about that but as long as you're open to discussion i think that's very important and we'll be able to make a lot of progress as a society 
as long as everybody is open to talking about things because deep down everybody is really just striving towards having good humanity and you know being loved and all that basic human rights whatever thank you (laughs) that's great i just want to divulge this if anybody is planning on like oh man i'm gonna pick up so much dirt on like josie or whatever they have to listen to oh it just hit two hours (laughs) 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 so they're really gonna have to give a shit so hard (laughs) shit so hard the people we are just talking ill will about even in a vague sense are gonna be like i listened to two hours of somebody talking bad about me i don't think they would they wouldn't do it and i'm really glad that you ended your last the last question with something so very poetic what the fuck is this (laughs) i mean you may have it it is a for the audience at home it is a metal it feels like it's like i don't know like a steel alloy or something that is circular and feels like it probably goes on a cup. Does it feel like hold your drinks up in here so like when they sweat it just forms like a pool of water? That would be really cool, but I feel like my dad <laughs> just left it in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, no. Also, these cup holds, like, they don't hold big cups. I've tried to put like, you know, um, big movie cups in there, like they don't fit. Doesn't fit. Yeah, which Maybe is... Maybe like a water bottle. If it's like a fancy water bottle that's thin, you know? Yeah. You know? Uh, yes. Like the ones I bring to my job that I have. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, also switching gears. Another one of my favorite phrases, apparently. So I have like an if you want to talk about section. And let's talk, actually, before the first one that I wrote down. Yes. We've mentioned LGBT things in the vaguest sense. You've mentioned wanting to go to Pride. Mm-hmm. You mentioned like how your mom is like super supportive of that. How would you describe your, you know, your relationship with figuring out who you are, who you're interested in, who you identify as? Cause I mean, you know me, just <laughs> fucking wearing a rainbow all the fucking time. L- look how fucking annoying I am. Insert all of my ex-boyfriends. <laughs> I. This is a give me a lengthy answer to a very simple question. That's um, fine. All of them. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I grew up on different principles. Obviously, from the more conservative side, a la father figure, I didn't get the idea that, you know, like, he doesn't think that, like, oh, being gay is bad or, like, blah, 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 whatever. Because um, he is a very open-minded person, and I've been able to, like, convince him to say, hey, keep an open mind to things like this because it's not bad. Um, which is good. He's still awesome. I don't hate him or anything. He is a very loving and accepting person. Um, I'm glad that also answered the question from like 40 minutes ago about like, do you hate your father figure? (laughs) (laughs) See, no, everything from just until now has been a very long answer to that question. (laughs) And that was the very simple answer. Thank you. Um, yes, LGBTQ, all that stuff. So, um, Yeah, I grew up on those principles, but also I grew up on the principles of, you know, my mother, you know, love everyone and, like, accept everyone and, like, nobody's inherently bad, like, all this, blah, blah, blah. Um, And so, of course, like any other preteen, I went through a phase where I, like, questioned my sexuality. I was like, oh, I haven't had a boyfriend in, like, 
three months let's am i gay like what (laughs) um and so i think i've settled on the fact that yes i am indeed not gay i for right now identify as straight female um but i would also identify myself as an insanely large ally to the lgbtq plus community um but i have also even specifically talking about our relationship because everybody who knows anything about you knows that you're very open about your sexuality a lot which i think is amazing and i wish that everybody had the confidence to do that um but i trip up all the time um and accidentally call you like the wrong pronouns i call some of my other friends like the wrong pronouns and i feel horrible about that but it's just this internal thing like oh like one of our good friends my good friend weber who i've known them for my entire life like 14 years um i have just always known weber with like she pronouns and this is my friend Haley, blah 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 and so i will trip up all the time and say oh you know she did this or whatever um but i catch myself doing that and i do the same thing with you because i've known you for a long time too and i think a lot of people i don't think i'm the only one that struggles with that obviously but there's always something in the back you're definitely not (laughs) (laughs) yes thank you um but definitely that would be one of the things i'm working on to become a better ally and like i said i just have a horrible memory and so when i'm just having a conversation i just slip up and i'll be like oh wait i didn't okay cool awesome thank you but then also i don't want to make a big deal out of it you know (laughs) you know okay yes kim is yes thank you amazing but yeah i would say i'm a huge ally like i said i want to go to pride like i have (laughs) i have a black friend so um (laughs) 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 thank you his name uh possibly chris <laughs> hey i have more black friends than just chris all right <laughs> do i i don't know um but yeah i have i want to support like my friends and my community of people that i love and support <laughs> my friends <laughs> and my community um but yeah i would say i'm a large ally i'm not the biggest ally but definitely a large ally to the amazing community that is the lgbtq plus community um and all of that yeah and i definitely stand up for the rights of those people because freaking human rights are human rights people are humans people deserve to have fucking rights thank you i actually just ordered a shirt it's a really cool shirt and i'm really excited for it and you're gonna appreciate it too i forget what it says but it's, it says just a, like a lot of statements it's like science is real human rights are yeah, you know what I'm saying? Okay, you know what I'm saying? Yes. You know the exact shirt that I'm talking about probably? I, yes. I generally know because it's also like the same idea and style as like, you know, remember Epic Mealtime? Oh, yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> the bacon strip shirt. It's yes. just like that, but it's political and cool. Thank you. Yes. So that's what I ordered and hopefully it will come in the mail soon so I can wear it all the time. <laughs> um, yeah, that would be my relationship with the LGBTQ plus community i think and like i said i had a tumblr for a little while (laughs) you're aware of the annoying side you're aware of the annoying side yeah oh my god wait hold on you just opened a different floodgate so um i everybody fluctuates in their opinions right and so for a while i was like i love everybody everybody yes i 
love gay people. This is awesome. I'm the best person ever. Um, were you going to say something? Okay, anyway, so, um, but then, like I said, flood, the floodgates of Tumblr got exposed to, like, the extremist side. And so that's what, like I said earlier, I don't think anybody should be 100% of their beliefs saying, like, oh, claim to identify 100% with something. Um, which, wait, hold on, I take that back. You should, I love and support people who identify 100% with something, but in the terms of political beliefs, um, keeping an open mind is an insanely important, important thing to me, blah, blah, blah. But if you're like, hey, I 100% identify with the fact that I love broccoli, then <laughs> thank you. I'm very glad that you do. Um, but speaking in the political sense, um, what is going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. If you take, a lot of people take things too far. And even earlier, this is tying back around that, you know, like the importance of protest is insanely important. The importance of the importance of speaking your mind is insanely important. But um, like we were talking about earlier with the March for Our Lives movement, um, there comes a point where it's like, this isn't going to be effective or let's stop while we're ahead or um, we did what we can right now. And so now we have to wait and let things simmer down so we can do more. Um, Cause you have to realize like things in the timeline of being able to do things. Um, and so the people now and the people back in 2011 or whenever it was, were like extremely gay for lack of better sense. And like, announcing their beliefs to the world and i think that time was a pivotal time and the rights of lgbtq plus people because i mean you always you need those people to start discussion like we said earlier you need those people to start a movement that's what sparks it um but a lot of those things can be done in more effective ways like oh not saying i hate conservatives because they hate gay people like that's such a blank like no conservatives don't hate gay people there are a lot of conservatives who claim to hate gay people i you know i hope they open their minds but um there are some people that you're not going to be able to change the minds of (laughs) there are some people that you're not going to be able to change like there are some things that you're not going to be able to change but you could always make steps towards progress for those and so being able to realize like oh i'm going to single-handedly fix the community that hates lgbtq plus people like you're not gonna be able to do that alone, which sucks, but you can do something about it. You can always do something about something. Um, So yeah, I think that the extremist people on either side of the spectrum, on any side of the spectrum, um, my wish for them is that they would calm down, first of all, and then um, open their minds and take a step back and think about what they can do and think about what impact they have the ability of the impact that they have to produce that's a sense that i just said um yeah and this all ties around to the tumblr extremists and i understand yes (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah so think about your actions which i can take my own advice you know Um, and think about the power of your words and think about the power of your actions in the good and the bad sense, you know? Um, but getting mad on Tumblr is not going to do that much rather than calling your local senator or sitting in on a protest or 
you know, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of things, and nobody can say for sure what the impact of something is going to be, obviously. But um, yeah, you know. Well, yes, and I think that also ties around to you've experienced people in your life. I think I made like some mouth noises, but it's, it's okay. cool. Also, like I think every time you laughed, when like I touched my chest, because I was like, I am experiencing burping noises or just like air is coming out and it's not my word air it's just my hey you have something funky in your stomach air but it's cool but yes (laughs) people are fickle and they don't like to be able to confront like that they can't actually interact in the world Mm -hmm. like nothing is going to be 100 percent. it's not like to bring up the thing that i also squashed in my life video games you're not just going to be like well if you press x a bunch you'll just get really high and like you'll just be super tall in the sky just like Spider-Man yeah. in the video game but no if you just scream and loud as loud as you can you're not really going to win yeah and you're not really doing anything unless you actually try to do the things that have avenues which i think is what you were trying to say exactly that have actual impact rather yes. than flooding a particular website with let's just call it trash <laughs> <laughs> yes entirely mm-hmm. 100% Okay, that's good. Um, you know, I love politics, but I also think this is about you. <laughs> How would you describe your fashion sense over the period of two years? Because I'm going to get a little bit of other stuff. You dyed your hair blonde. You have very beautiful brunette hair as of now, and you also like have very curly hair. Maybe I'm trying to be more like you by having my stupid curly hair, when now it looks like a person that we don't like to talk to very much. <laughs> but that's fine. Um, and yes, your fashion sense has changed because I think a lot of people in middle school are like, especially the ladies will just be like, I have like those super short shorts and I'll wear a t-shirt and maybe I'll put on some really annoying makeup and maybe insert partner here will just be like, hello. But you've really had, you have a very strong fashion sense in like, the young people realm people think hey what josie wears looks good hey what josie does with her hair looks good you're wearing a yellow shirt which people don't wear yellow shirts just don't and you have like a thing that says honey on it it looks like you got it from goodwill but you might have you probably got it from like a thrift store you wear are those chacos they're birkenstocks (laughs) see i think this is where you can beat me 100 percent. is i do not know how to dress as you can tell by my five-year-old plaid shorts that I wear to work every day. (laughs) But yeah, how has your fashion sense grown? Because you do dress very well. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, I was always into fashion as a child, whether, whether that meant Ashley Tisdale fashion from like 2008 or whether that meant like Vogue and like keeping up with what... Versace had going on, you know what I'm saying? Like, I really do appreciate the art of high fashion. <laughs> I watched America's Next Top Model every single day of my life as a child. Um, and so being able to grow up and be like, oh, fashion is, like, cool. Like, that's cool. You can express yourself through that way. Um, obviously didn't dress remotely nice. I still don't dress remotely nice a lot of the time. Um but yeah, I, I hope everybody's fashion changes. I know it's a lot different for a lot of people. But um, 
yeah and like you said i get a lot of my clothes from like goodwill and thrift stores um their shirt is actually from brandy melville when i went to los angeles because <laughs> i was like i'm gonna buy a brandy shirt like i gotta it's a jay galt shirt also i love jay galt um way overpriced but you said like a bunch of things that i didn't recognize <laughs> sorry <laughs> so <laughs> amazing um that's okay that, yeah that's you fine. know that's i correct you on fashion stuff you correct me on literature stuff it works um <laughs> thank you um but yeah and most of my fashion sense includes me wearing these birkenstocks or my doc martens before i had these birkenstocks i still wear them all the time but yeah i kind of think you know pushing boundaries doing things that probably wouldn't look good together and i'm not original i'm entirely inspired by other people on instagram and such <laughs> um but yeah being able to kind of incorporate elements of high fashion because high fashion is always pushing boundaries always doing things that people wouldn't think of like i used to hate high fashion i was like this looks ugly like why are people doing this but then once you gain an appreciation for like art and stuff you know as you know um you're like hey that's really cool um i like what they're doing there and it's just the elements and like the ideas of certain things like obviously nobody's gonna walk down the street wearing Versace a la 2011, the diamond piece or whatever. That's probably not a real thing. Well, obviously, since it was from 2011, it'd be outdated. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> anyway, nobody's going to walk down. Well, not nobody, but most of the population cannot afford to and will not walk down the street wearing some straight off the runway entire get up. Um, and that's okay because high fashion exists to inspire people to do different things and i think that's awesome and so i love being able to explore the realm of that and so i would say fashion is a very important part to everyone's identity you know whether it's the implied fashion like of course there are many of the days where i just wear athletic shorts from walmart and an old t-shirt that was my dad's at one point which is all of the days um if i had to choose <laughs> but i also have a section of my closet that's you know like not nice clothes, but like higher fashion, not higher fashion clothes, um, thrift store clothes that I make look high fashion. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, you know, the way people choose to portray themselves because, you know, what's the first thing you notice about a new person you meet? It's like what they're wearing, if they smile, what color their eyes are, how their hair is, whatever. Also my hair, I literally, I am blessed to have awesome hair. Like you said earlier, I bleached it because I wanted to have like purple hair you know what i'm saying like the light silver type mm. hair when that was really popular for a long time so i like turned 16 and it was like the night of my 16th birthday i was like i'm gonna bleach my hair i'm gonna do it which is a mistake because not only do i have brown hair that's not like super dark but kind of dark dark enough i also had dye in my hair that was like nearly black colored dye and it was like professional grade like i did hair shows and stuff when i was younger um so it was like top of the notch black hair dye um that was like multiple layers of hair dye and so i tried to bleach that out my hair was bright orange <laughs> bright orange and it was so bad it was so bad because you could also it had grown out enough to where the roots were like coming out which kind of blended in with the color that i had in my hair but then once you bleached it the bleach obviously bleached the roots a lot more because you know virgin hair or whatever and then when i toned it it was like the roots were silver and so i had about an inch of silver hair and then the rest was bright orange 
and so it literally looked so bad it was so bad i wore a towel turban and i went to supercuts the next day and i got it fixed but it was a towel turban yeah you know when you like put your hair in a towel turban (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry (laughs) no yeah when you like wrap your hair up i don't know you know what i'm saying this sounds like because i've talked to adults who talk about when you sit down when you're like in kindergarten through fifth grade we call it crisscross applesauce they called it sitting indian style and then the people realize that don't (laughs) yes i like that you just brought that up yes yes sitting indians yeah yes Mm. i guess would be called I mean, I don't... No, like... I personally don't care that you called it an Indian <laughs> turban. <laughs> no, 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 no. I... I don't know what to call it. Like, they they even sold these things, and we, like, have some of them. They're, like, especially for, like, wrapping your hair up. Like, when you just come out of the shower, they're, like, towels. But it, they're called, like, turby twists. And so <laughs> I just realized how culturally inappropriate that name is. It's so bad. <laughs> But yes, I twisted my hair up in a towel and like a hair wrap. Yeah, not religiously affiliated with anyone who wears turbans. Yes. Which also I think is awesome. We're tying this back to fashion who like, um, I wish I knew her real name. Her Instagram name is Halima. Um, it's not her real name. It's part of her name. You know what I'm talking about? I yeah, don't yeah. know who she is. Yeah, the high fashion model who... I think it was American Eagle. Yeah, it's American Eagle, who she, like, paved the way because she started modeling for them. And, like, she is very close to, like, her, I think it's... Her faith. Yeah, her faith. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to... I don't know her exact faith, so I'm not going to say it. But, yeah, she was, like, one of the first people to be on the front cover of something. And, like, she was wearing her turban, like, proudly. like, And she... Oh, my God. And then it opened the floodgates. Again, I'm going to use that metaphor. For, like, designer fashion that's in line with like the Muslim faith and like all of this, like more conservative face and even like having designer head wraps and designer turbans and all this stuff. It was just freaking awesome. I was like, dude, I didn't even know this like could be a thing. Like there was a denim turban. I was like, what? I was like, that's awesome. Like I didn't know you could do that. And so I think that's amazing that people have portrayed themselves in a way that has inspired fashion creators to create things that are in line, that are more inclusive and things like that because you don't have to shadow yourself to be still proud of like your faith and things like that you can still be a styling person you know so thank you that's my full circle for your question that's great and i appreciate that a lot this also ties into because i've thought about this for so long that it's officially just like stop thinking about it but you have a picture on your online presence of instagram where one person is clearly smizing and they have like the the kind of creepy smile and then you have completely straight hair and it's all black and it has red tips and it, you like meant it somehow mentions in your description of it that you were like at a fashion show or like a hair show what the fuck is that because that doesn't it was also like in 2016 when i, I kind of knew you i was like whoa, Josie's just doing all the high fashion stuff. She's clearly important. And then I meet you and you're like, yeah, you know, like One Direction's cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I like to think of myself as a versatile person. (laughs) 
Um, also alluding back to the first statement of this, I'm going to call it a podcast was, um, I didn't, I didn't want to call this a podcast because I thought you'd be like, that's weird. I love podcast. Pod- <laughs> I love podcasts. Just Anyway, this is, my speech is just getting worse and worse. Um, anyway, like we were saying the question of your fashion show. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, I I still would totally do this in a heartbeat. Um, I did a couple hair shows when I was younger. I keep saying that, but I was, like, 14, 15, 16. Um, 13, 14, 15, I don't know, something. Um, because I had really cool long hair that was, like, wavy, and it was really cool, and I was really proud of it. And I did a modeling school type thing when I was younger, because my mom was like, you're pretty, let's do this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, and it was actually, it was really cool. I learned a lot from it. Um, and I had the opportunity to be able to do that, you know. And then people are like, whoa, you were a model? And I was like, yeah, but I wasn't. Um, still am not. Um, so yeah, I did these hair shows because it was a really laid back thing. I got paid for it. I got paid a lot of money. Not enough money, but a lot of money for a 14-year-old, especially, um, to just like style my hair and have my hair as like a blank canvas for a hairstylist to be able to do and so I got the opportunity to work with these like hot like high name people um the one in particular that I did two with his name is Christopher Benson and um that name means nothing to most people but he is based out of like the LA area and he does hair for like a lot of people like a lot of top name people like he charges like thousands of dollars but um so I got the opportunity to work with people like that and that's really freaking cool to be able to like see that side of society um and all I had was mediocrely cool hair and I got to be able to do that um still is shows the bad side of the fashion industry still which is changing you know people are like because it was still the point where it was like oh we're only gonna cast you if you have long hair if you're like size two four six whatever but I was because I was scrawny little kid um and I had nice hair but once I got older this was November 16 November 16 um so the year 2016 yes no yeah the year 2016 um I did this one hair show which is my last hair show to date I got I might do more again because they're fun um but it was with a different company than I was used to working with um, because I had the opportunity to work with, like, the biggest hair company, which was Matrix. Um, Not the biggest, but, like, the biggest at the conventions that I did. Um, And this was a different one. I was working with Big Sexy Hair, and it was, like, an independent show, not, like, a trade show like I was used to. Um, And I had always just said, which is what got me casted in these shows, like, oh, just do whatever. Like, his hair grows back, whatever, and I never really nothing ever really went wrong from that um and but at this particular one um I got a lot of my hair cut off like so much of my hair cut off more than I thought I was comfortable with like I used to just threaten like oh I'm just gonna shave my head and like I mean still there's a part of me that's like whatever like why why don't you like just freaking do it um but I was also really sick I came down with mono the night before the hair show um so I was in the hospital until like 4 a.m and I was like late to the rehearsal and like prep and everything and I texted the lady and she was a bitch about it 
second cuss word of this podcast more than second but whatever um she was like oh i mean like it's fine i mean we casted you in this for a reason i was like i literally have mono and i like can't breathe right now but i'm still here so fuck you um now this is not pg-13 but whatever um yeah so that i did that and their hair shows there were a good time and so that particular picture that you're talking about um was with this girl who i still follow on snapchat she's actually a very nice lady um she was older than me i was always the youngest one um because i had long hair and i was like do anything with my hair and so obviously they're going to take somebody like that um and so i got to meet it was intimidating i got to meet all these like older really pretty people who were like professional models and stuff and i still follow them like i said a lot on like instagram and snapchat and they're like doing successful things with their lives and so it's cool like that i was able to network with all these people and so yeah and it was awesome to be able to be like a model for a second and be like hey i'm cool i guess this is fun like i remember that particular hair show um i came to drowsy chaperone rehearsal at high school um (laughs) right after i got off because i actually missed school for it Mm -hmm. um but i got paid so it was fine my mom was like that's cool whatever (laughs) um so i came to rehearsal after that because it timed up very nicely and i came in and the director whose name i'm might not disclose um i was like did not recognize me at first because i had on this crazy show makeup and my entire face was like whited out except my eyelids that were like black with like makeup i don't know so it's crazy it's awesome and that even exposed me more to the side of high fashion and being like oh what's the possibilities what's what's happening with the fashion these days um yeah, so I did hair shows when I was younger. <laughs> I would still definitely do one again because they were really fun. Got to meet a lot of cool people. Um, and they, like, give you food and stuff. So that's that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. You know. <laughs> all right. I love all of this, and I'm not saying... No, but it's been, like, nine hours. Yeah. I'm going to wrap up a little bit. A little bit. Almost so my final question will be, and you're going to stew on it, did you feel that this interview because I thought about it I thought about this like 10 minutes in I was like this is like a time capsule for a human being which is kind of fucked up if you just like oh I'm going to be interviewed by because also uh, viewers at home I just said to my wonderful friend Josie hey I would like to interview you and then I mentioned it again via text and then she was like yeah and then I was also like what day are you free and she's like well I guess I these days and i was like this thursday because also josie phillips was late (laughs) so yeah but do you think that this encapsulates who you are as a person not like because again i can't be like what was it like the last shit you took because i'm like i don't there's not everything i need to know about you that is always important but think about that how it like encapsulates who you are um let's I brought this up very briefly. Let's, if you want to talk about, let's bring up about how you're good at being fake. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's actually probably one of the best things that you can really use, not only in acting, but just like, let's let's bring up another thing that Josie does really well. She ran is running this program called Keen Sings at a undisclosed <laughs> place. <laughs> This is, you can really just triangulate a bunch of shit about this person, but... Somebody's gonna kill me, Cam. All of your viewers. 
all of your viewers are just gonna come after me and i'm gonna die because of this absolutely all the people that i yes mm -hmm. hey uh people who i write horrible video game articles with please don't kill my friend <laughs> <laughs> but yes um how do you describe your fakeness and then as a good thing because you are really good at it especially at keen when because at, at my job i work with kids a lot and if a kid is like sometimes i'm pretty good at about it but like they'll talk talk to me about something that they find really interesting there's been a kid who won't shut up about thriller and he always talks about at the very end when there's like an uh, a voiceover guy being like darkness in the night he always talks to me he's like hey you, you know in when thriller and i'm like yeah uh huh and it's been like the eighth time and i'm just like yep thriller but how you're good at talking to kids. There was a moment where you, there was a kid trying to strum your guitar while you're trying to like play songs and you were laughing it off. If I could play guitar and I was able to like perform for kids and people would be like really helpful, I would, I wouldn't be pissed, but I would be very annoyed. <laughs> um, a couple things to answer that. A, I run Keen on like literally two chords on guitar, so I don't think I'm good at guitar <laughs> because I'm not. And I really like guitar, and I like to think I'm relatively mediocre, like the lowest form of mediocre. I use two chords, and so it's literally just habit, and so I'm able to do things like that, like talk to people. I still can't stomp and play guitar on beat. I'm working on that, all right, because it's for like three of the songs, <laughs> being able to stomp and also like keep the beat with the good. Anyway, anyway, um, being fake is one of the things I've prided myself on <laughs> in my entire lifetime because um, you know I've always been in like acting and stuff and like I mentioned earlier I when I was growing up I had a lot of friends from different like groups and stuff and so as middle schoolers like drama and stuff you know not always not all of those people always liked the other people from other groups but I would just have to sit there and be like okay because I still wanted to be their friend you know um, and so everybody has a little bit of fakeness in them, everybody, and that's, it shouldn't be, fake shouldn't be, like, a, I mean, maybe it should be a bad word, but, like, whatever, um, in bad context is what I meant, um, but yeah, I think everybody has a little bit of that, the drive to be fake, and I think I am no exception to that, because I have friends, or not anymore, but whatever, um, I associate myself with people who... I don't agree with a lot of things about them or maybe I don't like them particularly, but I still talk to them if that time comes. Um, but, and you know, I don't like to start drama except on certain occasions, but I don't, um, you know, like you said earlier, I love listening, yes. you know? Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. And so I think being able to be, effectively fake is a as a skill that I have not mastered but gotten very good at um and so that's in the realm of like being able to be friends with people and like just talking to people but also with keen I kids are really cute right so kids are adorable especially there's a big place in my heart for children with disabilities especially like children with autism and things like that who 
do that a lot like at least nine times a keen session my guitar gets grabbed but you know i've learned to adapt like thing with things like that like the first time it happened i was like what get off my guitar like what happened what why are you doing this but being able to work with kids with disabilities and people who think differently people who have to think differently people who know no different than different you know what i'm saying um (laughs) if it was written down it would have made more sense yes it would have made so much more sense if it was written down but um yeah working with not having to work but like because i love doing it but like being around being forced into those situations willingly but being forced in those situations where you're forced to work with people who don't have i don't want to say don't have the capacity but not different levels yeah they have like different levels and they have everybody's brain is wired differently and so everybody's exposed to different thinking patterns but when they don't have the level or the capacity to think like you do and sometimes that's better or sometimes it's worse like a difference it's not a bad thing but um you're forced to like look at things in a different way and you're forced to like take things in a different way and especially with children which i think are the cutest thing in the entire world some of them um like you mentioned about your day camp thing um especially when kids like being able to stay interested because like i want kids to love me like who doesn't want kids to love them because they're freaking cute and they're kids um it's kind of I use a lot of, you know, my acting skills or whatever to be able to say, oh my God, that's the most interesting thing I've heard all year. And I I think it's really important that everybody knows that somebody cares about them. And so I make sure to let that across in the Keen session. So if a kid is like, oh, like there's this one kid um, who I've gotten the opportunity to have a close relationship with, even outside of Keen a little bit, um, who asks for certain songs sometimes and I always want to make sure he feels appreciated and that he feels like I hurt him and that if he feels even if I can't do the song that session that I'm like okay I'm gonna work on it and maybe we can do it next time or maybe we don't have time this time but I think it's very important that everybody knows even definitely beyond my keen kids that like every single human alive knows that like somebody cares about them and that they're like worthwhile and all of that and so I want to make sure that everybody that I talk to feels worthwhile even if I dislike them even if I whatever because everybody has the right to feel worthwhile and you know all of that and so acknowledging that and sometimes it drains me and sometimes I just get fed up with things as everyone does and I'm like shut up kid you know you're stupid you talked to me about that like 10 minutes ago but then what comes out of my mouth is okay (laughs) (laughs) that is all I have to say that's amazing and it shows that i think the the whole interview has shown that you are a compassionate person and you think of others thank you it's, it, even in like your own best interest you think of others which i think is good you know always look out for number one even when you're like i'm gonna love being very nice to this person even if they know or they don't know that i don't, secretly don't like them i know that i will feel better about it <laughs> Now, I think, you know, yeah, I don't think I want to, because all the other questions you have answered, I'm pretty sure. You know, you've been very gracious with your time. You know, you, yes, you've been very kind, and I appreciate that very much. But, yeah, um, the fuck is that word? Outspoken. Okay. 
I think you would describe yourself as outspoken. That We don't need to ask any other questions. But yes, final question. Do you think that this has encapsulated who you are? Please be 100% honest. I would appreciate. I definitely. I mean, I know you pretty well, so I assumed some of like the things you were going to ask me about, even though I had no idea what anything was going on. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is a very good representation of who I am at least in in this moment in time um good little snapshot good little two and a half hour snapshot <laughs> of who I am because I like to talk a lot and when people get me talking is when my true thoughts ramble out of my mouth between a lot of ums and likes and periods of silence because I can't think of what to say um yeah and so I'm very glad that this happened and you know I appreciate your mind very much and that you thought of to do something like this. And I would love to, you know, hear what other people say about themselves. So maybe you will have two listeners on your podcast <laughs> or whatever this turns into. But yeah, definitely. I feel like it's good representation of who I am right now. <laughs> so thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you. And this NPR station. <laughs> <laughs> yes this is 90.7 this is npr oh wait that reveals the most that's literally the npr station in our direct area but it's fine um thank you so much for giving me just all of your time and away from your home your family your loved ones sometimes your phone <laughs> now that that's a bad thing i appreciate that i would have been on my phone but i was talking most of the time so yeah I'm going to wrap it up. Whoever is listening, read a, read a poem. Maybe maybe do that. Read a poem. Maybe I'll read a poem on the next one. I like poems. <laughs>